0: Episode 225, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, the Prof, Ridey. The weather outside is frightful. It's Christmas and Crumlin, Prof. But more tifties is just delightful. <laughs> we have our <laughs> Christmas number one, Christmas and Crumlin coming. You ready, Prof? Ready? Oh, here it comes. It's Christmas. No, we won't subject you to that, but yeah. So it's a last show of the year. And we've loads of news to talk about and the World Cup thoughts as well, prof. Mental World Cup. a uh, return of Connor's Corner with his blessing, of course. And an interview with former Hoop Noel Hunt. That's a lovely little gift, prof, you've given the fans. A little nice little present. Christmas Prezi for years or years there, Noel Hunt. Um yeah, the weather is mental as usual, prof. What like it's it was Baltic two weeks. And then I think it was Monday morning just gone. I was getting up, it was about half seven, <laughs> out the door. Fleece on Body warmer I was like I am boiling I oh, know it's a straightaway though. I just got out of it's bed 15 degrees or something I thought like, it was heating on Why am I warm? What is this? Madness man Like you said Planet's blown
1: up It's going to just <laughs> Blow up eventually But like i said I think in the last couple of shows The cold doesn't bother me I think someone on the hotline as well Said they don't mind the winter Remember that was a topic Yeah it's not of too the hotline. bad But uh, So I, I was Obviously I was cold I don't want to be that cold But I was kind of in in my element after, like, five, six months of, like, consistent 15 degrees. So, yeah, I love me an Arctic air mass, I do.
0: The little drop was nice, but um, it's too it's close together. There's something not right. Yeah, the great freeze of 2022. The great freeze, yeah. Remember that one? What was the last one five years ago? We got a good week off. That was great.
1: My goal is to just be big deck in just a t-shirt in Russia status. That's like that's what I'm <laughs> going for. I was nearly there. But uh, yeah, so the green jumper is real gear, especially that Friday. But, um, but just for the weather on no signings, No
0: signage, no yeah. I anyway, mean, plenty beer. for the women's team. but yeah, Beer, beer schnocked as well, but we, we got through <laughs> it. Uh, Offset Barbers, Prof. Uh, officially opened this month. So that's Alan, the best barber in Kimmage. And uh, it's right beside the four profs, Prof. So building up a little mm. network in and around there. Looking good, looking good. So wish him all the best, anyway. So hopefully that's how it works, Prof.
1: Gary, okay, tell us about your Friday night there. How did you get on?
0: My Friday night, my Friday night. Which one was that? The
1: Friday night where you were a certain judge.
0: Oh, ah, we don't have to go down that route often. <laughs> <half-time. laughs> Ended up in Cabra, in a gar club, judging a karaoke contest with someone from Mrs. Brown's Boys. So possibly the definition of hell in some corners of the world. Some great talent on display though. But, uh, yeah. You are actually a this liberal. Oh, he could. Oh, could now. it goes. Give me a couple of more <laughs> letters there, will you? F or G. It was, uh, it was interesting. It was a good crack, but I couldn't have been behind enemy lines anymore. So, uh, that was a Friday. Our previous episode with the winter, Tifties Hotline saw nine hotline debutantes, prof. Yeah, including Sophie Penny,
1: who uh, we mistakenly called Saw's daughter-in-law. Because when he said it to me, I was like, yeah. is
0: that a thing? I was like, is that even a thing, daughter-in-law?
1: Stepdaughter, we should Ste- have said. Yeah, but is that uh, a thing even? You couldn't, I don't know. We're not trying to marry off uh, members of Ed's family in a dodgy House of Dragon style fashion. No, uh, not yet. Merely, Although we
0: are open to a few quid.
1: Merely a clanger on our part, but... Uh, <laughs> daughter-in-law. I, lo- I love the language in that show. It's like, just imagine like... Uh, like The Pride of Ring's End need an heir. <laughs> yeah. They will not accept a woman on the throne. Ed's soul will not be happy. You must strengthen
0: your claim. <laughs> Unite our houses. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just sitting in the Irish Town house, <laughs> right? So yes, pretty like we said nine and debutantes, and we'd Richie Carroll, brilliant. Listen, lads, and we'll get done for the whole season if we ever get a chance. Ask Stafford about Shamrock Galaxy rumours. We had him for at least an hour thinking LeBron James and David Beckham was buying rovers and he was quite stoned on this. He didn't elaborate on it. Oh yeah, he didn't elaborate not going into detail we're going to need Richie to no. dish the dirt on this one we need someone to dish it out anyway uh, Fernimovic on the forum my favourite rumour of all time has to be Michael O'Connor to Burnley it is fair to say and probably somewhat generous that o- O'Connor had a mediocre rovers career so when rumours swirled of a potential offer from the then Premier League out for Burnley our ears inevitably pricked up not only were they prepared to take the reprobate off her books but also appeared willing to fork out about quarter, three quarter, or a quarter of a million to compensate us for the loss it was like a windfall you can only imagine how our man Management would have struggled to keep a straight face when doing the rumoured deal. So, alas, it was too good to be true. And the proposed deal, which I think might have verged on fraud, never materialised. O'Connor has gone on to have a journeyman-style Discover Ireland-type career that included a brief stint selling fake Jerry's Cinnamon tickets on Facebook. <laughs> the um, I remember that well. I I think there was... I think it was real. I think there was interest. I'm nearly sure. Yeah, I
1: remember someone in the know actually talking to me about that. Like, it was, it was... Very much real. How close it came to happening? Now I don't know. Fucking hell! But the in, the interest was real. I don't
0: even know where he is now.
1: I think he might be up north. Two hundred and fifty thousand. I mean, we barely got that for Liam Scales. Yeah.
0: Snappy our hand
1: off. Um, we also had. Marcus Patrick, he was listening to podcasts, uh, because we reminded people about the lift and the Radisson, and uh, he thought that was hilarious because everyone got caught out by. You. And uh, Turner reckons that Maloney is still in the lift. He went up and down
2: so many times.
0: <laughs> we had media horror, Mick McCarthy. He was at it again on Virgin News as the face of a long. Is this like me in fifty years? Possibly. This is I'm looking into the future. He's here. been on
1: the news more than you
0: <laughs> So Mick McCarthy, of course, from yep. the Pines Mafia. And congrats to Ross
1: and Sarah on their engagement. That's uh Ticket Office Ross. Um can we add them to
0: couples who listen? We don't we don't know if his partner listens or not. I don't know. I think I think she. It's probably background noise for her, you know, mm. like most uh like most blokes I'm trying to put
1: together Tipty's hotline girl of couples who listen. and uh, I think we only have like ones of ours, isn't it? I think we can go for it. We'll, we'll, let, we'll,
0: we'll go. Yeah, we'll get him. We'll get him on. We'll get them on. See what happens. Um, we saw the Bundy mystery about why he posts potato everywhere on the chat. Um, I think it's just a, a nod to stupid Irish people. <laughs> That's what it is. Stupid Irish people get the potato treatment because I, I, I can recall especially
1: in the early days we used to put up when we had player ex players on in Johnny Blues we put up the thread saying any questions for whoever Derek Tracy and Daniel Dowd and sure enough every time there would be a post from him I remember there was something stupid about ice cream <laughs> and there's something about potato as well and it's always just in there and it's like there he goes again he's yeah. posting potato in their questions
0: <laughs> yeah we, we literally only found out uh, Thursday, prof. We had eleven years to the day. The Hardy Kane scored his first senior goal a bit of a tapping I think uh but it was in Tala and Did po- you see Dan where he defending for it? I watched it again. <sighs> yeah. Poor old Hardy though it was the it was the also the day the fixture list was re- released as well. So a lot of uh, what are you thinking, prof? What do you think of the the fixture list? Um away oh, Slugo wait draw home to Derry Well it's
1: unique in that it's 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 two way games first because of <laughs> work in Tata Stadium but so i go away first that's a a tricky one which could
0: be very tasty now if we're signing uh, Kenny I'm trying to think of Keena and Kenny puns (laughs) all day and I couldn't come up with anything so uh, if it happens imagine going up there having their two strikers former strikers
1: I know some people are like yeah give me like a a tough game or a, a a good trip opening day whereas I'm the opposite I'm like no give me UCD at home first game I want to start with a win Get three points on the board type thing. So remember, she- we've opened against by way to Bowes, I think, a couple of times. And they're, they're not fun.
0: No, it's not. But this this is going to be a monster. And you know how we travel on the fourth day of the season. So it's going to be very mm. interesting. Ticket, ticket-wise, uh, what's our allocation there? Usually about 500. So it's going to be a lot of disappointed hoops not getting in. Hopefully it's not the case, though. And uh, the 50s bus is back as well. So Prof, with, uh, names are starting to take names already. So if you are interested... Uh, don't get in touch with us because it's in only. <laughs> <laughs> now we got with take these buses back. I know she so even put a post in the reserve group. Yeah, the res, even, <laughs> the B, the B group. Even even the lesser folk are invited, are they? The B team, um, <laughs> Rovers. Yeah. So we will begin our like we said our new season with two away games. And I was looking. I don't. You hate this. I know you hate this. Have to analysing games and predicting scores, but we all do it. We look at the first series, we look at the second series, look at the third and the fourth, look at the last six games. I don't. A couple of p- people pinpointing certain games, Cork at home. But, um, Name
1: me one time anybody has put in the group how many points we're going to get in
0: the next six, seven games and you got to bang on. Never, never. And you never get the results right either. <laughs> it's, always, it's always something off. So, like we said, our home campaign, Prof, hopefully we'll have a, a full uh, a full stadium. Hopefully North Stand will be up and running. But it is now watering. Clash at home The last season's runners up And cup champs Dirty City Tour the March Prof 3,000 season tickets Sold already We are flying It's going to be An absolute cracker So the game could break The modern record Attendance for the top flight If the stand is open With 10,000 Prof It
1: Yeah Brian is. McKenna says Looking for a sales stand I don't spare so, <laughs> <laughs> there's,
0: there's always going to be some But yeah I'd say um, all of Yes Our season tickets Are on the way Santi is in his sleigh And he's got them in the bag <coughs> And uh, they'll be out before Christmas, so I wouldn't worry about it at all. So I was asked uh, last time we'd
1: begun a season with two uh, league games away from home. It's actually the seventh time it's happened.
0: Go on, last one.
1: But the last one was... I'm going to say
0: before our time.
1: Ah, well before our time. We were away to Bowes and Sligo in the first two games of the (laughs) 1971-72 season. that long ago? Yeah. And we've begun with two home games twice... In history most recently 1944 but of course we're actually starting with three away game three away games because the first one is the president's cup on the tenth, and that's Derry in the Brandywell. and uh, the robbers women's team also begin Sligo go away from home oh yes so, uh, yes some
0: very very maybe a high train profile. trip there some yes. Yeah, few some, cans some very high profile signings there
1: and just on the you spoke about the if the stand is open for that dairy game and of course we're watching the, the, the new north stands develop even further now in the last few weeks the height of it
0: it's very very tall man. it's very very tall I'm looking forward to it I obviously it will take a game it is over the, the west I'm not I doubt I doubt any of the the ultras mm. are there's going to be a big changeover going over into the stand I doubt mm. it but it's all about filling it now it's all about getting mm. that stand full prof you can see the cross beams beginning to be installed there Um. so just some more notes on, on the fixture list we've got before we go on from the stadium, someone made a very good point about every stand being different. Which I like. Yeah. I um, like. How different is the west the and east? The west and the east, the roof is different and it's slightly built differently as well. Yeah, it is. So, um, the one's going to be taller on the north one, the going to be a little bit different. I like that. I think it's cool. It is unique, yeah. got um, character, prof. It's not soulless,
1: as some would say. <laughs> so, we got St. Pat's on Paddy's Day, or whatever that means. Uh some people noticed there's a tough run of games in June leading right into Europe so our Champions League first qualifying round and only one game scheduled for July they finally figured this out they literally finally how
0: long how many years 100 odd years 20
1: (laughs) Um, also I said this to you didn't I the way they were drip feeding the fixtures I was not into that at all fucking ridiculous it's like trial and error fair enough trying something new Just give me the full one, like. That's all I want. I remember one was it was Sligo put out a tweet saying phase one will be out on Monday and the rest will be out on Thursday. I remember I nearly threw up. It sounds like it sounds cool, phase one. Phase one.
0: It's it's series one.
1: Cause I actually go through I I look at the first three and then I'm kind of drawn to maybe dates like whatever, Paddy's Day weekend, when's the first Bows Away one? Then I'm kind of looking at late June, going into to July, when's the break? So just the idea that I would only have phase one, that would have pissed me off. Do you use the word series, yeah? Or are you I use series, or series, yeah. Series, yeah. yeah. Um, Eagle-eyed Brian McKenna again. Brian's getting another shout out there. He says, away to Derry in May Go on. and Sligo in June, both bank holidays. And bows on a good Friday. Hashtag so loads of time to save a day, prof. Loads of time to get tanked
0: and no holidays from work needed. Excellent. So we are looking good for that one. Um unfortunately with some bad news, we young Owen Cost sadly passed away. You remember the fundraiser for him a while back on Tifties and a 14 year old Liverpool and Shammer Groves man So unfortunately suffered an illness and um send our condolences to the Cost family and everybody in the wider leash area yeah and the sad news
1: continues there unfortunately um jim conroy pointed this out that tom manning uh, actually died the day after richard McGarry, who we mentioned on the last show so jim says our club has lost two great men and he says it's an honor to have known them so that's tom manning and on a much less serious note barton kilcoyne has also passed but i doubt Many tears will be shed by Rovers fans on that one. Yes,
0: I, I do. I um, I think the less said, the better about the individual.
1: Were you reading that uh, John Connolly actually went to Louis Gilcoyne's funeral?
0: Yeah, yeah, with yeah. a uh, certain garment. He stood on the certain other end
1: on. of the graveyard with a
0: rover's jumper on. Was he making sure? I think that's what it was. <laughs> um, yeah, so up next, Rob, it's a long-awaited return. It's like an injury. It's like a striker coming back from a long-term injury. And you're delighted to have him back. It's Connor's corner, part one. Don't think we have a Connor's corner jingle, do we?
1: (laughs) 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 Right. So we've not done this for the best part of a year. I was looking back. I think it was February, maybe. And uh, but he gave us the go-ahead, young Barry Bear, Connor Frawley, uh, a a friend and colleague. Who, who? uh, If you need, if you need reminding, what this is exactly? He's prone to putting absolute nonsense in the WhatsApp group.
0: I love the way his mind works, though. You know what I mean? I think it's, I, he's a fantastic mind. Which we then read to you verbatim
1: on the page. Remember, Aaron McAniff was in Johnny Blues, and he was asking us, like, "Do you just want me to read what's in front of me?" We're like, "Yes." What did he say? Who's
0: this fella? (laughs) Who is this
3: fella?
1: Yeah, now this can be incredible tie balls, or there might not be any tie balls. It just could be something he said, apropos of nothing, presented you here without any context. So, yeah. and this is not even going to cover the uh, cereal in the freezer fiasco. Remember that one? That I'm going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Actual cereal, like the bowl, the Weetabix, the milk, in the freezer. Just going to leave you with that thought. So. We're going to begin.
0: We're going to go all the way back to April at the Oscars. All right. So, Will Smith is fucked after slapping Christy, losing everything.
1: (laughs) I can guarantee you Chris Rock has never been called Christy in his life. Uh, Next, Barry weighed in on the Ryan Tuberty scandal with one of the Derry girls.
0: Women are mad.
1: (laughs) Next. After the Derby win in Daily
0: Mount. Lads, I hope Bows don't chase me. I've fat. Ru- <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> Lads, I hope Bows don't chase me. I've fat rub on my arse. In bits. <laughs> and
1: he added, went all over my
0: face, that anti campaigned paint. Now, next here is your typical Saturday night for Barry. Better boxing on the telly. What time is Katie tonight? Immediately followed by. Any Domino's Codes?
1: And next we had... I can't believe Viagra only, became, only
0: came in in 1998.
1: That was actually a misdirect. That was Mark Turner. Not Barry. Although you might think it was Barry. I just wanted to throw that one in there. Because it was said absolutely out of nowhere in a discussion. So next up, back to Barry. My
0: drive's a Honda Civic, you dung. <laughs> and he was planning the holiday. Yep. Lads... Puerto Rico Tenerife or Lanzarote Someone gives their opinion on which one to go to to which Barry replies Plenty of sun cream make the woman flood (laughs) In a conversation about corporal punishment in school years ago Barry retorted
1: Teacher wouldn't dare lay hands on a student now They'd cause mother Poor old mother (laughs) Uh, On McAllister's Irish links Chill, has O'Higgins Bernardo, was a general in the army. (laughs) These are my
0: favourites. These are always my (laughs) favourites. There's some serious serious knowledge being put down here,
1: probably. (laughs) Uh, Was a general in the army, freed them from Spain, South America, has a great history with Ireland. Always good if you're bored, something
0: to read. So we'd feel feels are winning the golden goal here, prof. And uh, delighted for him. Leaving in that kip of a desert. Kangaroos going around raking and pillaging the place. <laughs> <Freaking. coughs> yeah. So next up is Mooner. Not actual Barry, but this came out nowhere, our during a big discussion. CX Don't this in my pocket. <laughs> Right, so that's it for part one. I mean, you've got got plenty more to come, so stay tuned for Bertie's travels later on with such gems as this. So went through Mexican customs when we landed, checked all our bags, I was a sleeve over, cu, 204 for it, someone charged me 500 for a sleeve and a half, I'm the someone charge X, 1700 for 10 boxes of smokes. Oh no. Oh, robbed. So we are back. And it's the World Cup chat, Prof. Um, mental World Cup. Probably the most entertaining World Cup ever. Like, between the Dutch game, the Dutch and Argentina game, which produced madness, the, that little practice free kick, the training ground free kick that got them to extra time, the penalty saves, general madness. I fucking loved it. Because of the final, because the final was the best
1: final I've ever seen, including Champions League, Europa League... F E I Cup whatever. I've never seen a more mental final. That just capped it off. It was it was a great World Cup. Which in some ways saddens me
0: because of where it was. And missed out by a lot of people, I will say that, yeah. It was but I had a see I had a I had a bet on either side, right? So I had Argentina and Messi Golden Ball. For some reason I just had a feeling I wasn't gonna get the the, the golden boo Even so, more shocking, you won a bet. Yeah, no. It's been literally years. So I had Mbappe top scorer so it was literally going back and forth and one was more, <laughs> more than the other and I was like oh, wait, wait 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 Mbappe's top scorer now and now it's 3-0 so they're going to win I'm up on that and then I was like no Argentina are winning I want Messi to win if Messi because if Argentina win Messi's going to win the golden ball no matter what Yeah. and the way it worked out that Mbappe same Fran- for a young player yeah, if, even he won yeah if yeah. France were going to win Mbappe's definitely going to be top scorer so it was it was good either way it was just whatever bet came true mm. but yeah, not very happy um,
1: penalties seem to be a big theme in this World Cup. We'll talk about, we'll talk about Harry Kane and his hilarious miss hmm. in a moment. But like the Croatian keeper
0: was unbelievable penals. Yeah.
1: I was kind of hoping Argentina and Croatia would go to Penos see the two of them he plays domestically face, as well he's, he's, face each other. that's
0: another 40 million into their coffers now
1: Martinez mind games in the final did you read that Twitter thread brilliant going through it I that, put it into the group
0: that was fascinating absolutely brilliant mm. the master of it absolute master of it it was a brilliant the way it started was mm. it said that he made his way down to the box first and that was to signify like this is my box you wouldn't notice these things would you so he's standing in the middle of it all and Lloris is walking in and he's like come on Come on in, well, come on into yeah. my house. Come on in. This is this is my zone. John, you know my favorite part
1: was because the, the way he threw away the ball and made the French player collect it. But then for the next penalty, he handed the ball to his teammate so that the opposition goalkeeper couldn't copy what he just did. Brilliant. He thought about everything. I think
0: the the matter the goalkeeper the better, but I think once the goalkeeper loves his craft, it's it's so much better. I was looking at a free kick taken by Villa, right? And it was about 25 yards out. I think it was Leon Bailey. I'm not sure who was taking it, but it was a left footer. And Martinez was all the way up at the halfway line. And he put a wall for Aston Villa behind the opposition wall. Right? So he put three of his own wall. And he's up at the halfway going, oh, left, 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 left. So it created one massive wall. Keeper couldn't see a thing. Top corner. It was unbelievable. I have to watch this now. I haven't seen this. That was madness. It was brilliant. Definitely one of my Mm. favourite goalkeepers. On the other hand, uh, in
1: terms of taking penalties, what is this nonchalant (sighs) penneau bullshit are Why do footballers think they can reinvent the wheel? Why, why, Why divert from the Mbappe penalty? Of just... You hit it so hard and place it so well in the corner... It's actually irrelevant He's whether got, the keeper he got three goes overall, the right didn't he? Way.
0: Three overall, wasn't it?
1: Two in the game. Um, yeah, two in the game. Then two in the one. Game, one he, his hill. penalties were brilliant. Power, pace, they're all identical. Accuracy, brilliant. Think about that, right? He he hit identical penalties. Whereas Harry Kane stepped up for his second one, and he started panicking, thinking, "Oh no, can I go for the same side again? Oh no, I better put it the same side but higher."
0: And w- once just you start doing that just buries it but the thing was with the penalties as well why ultimately give yourself less opportunity to score by doing that you're, you're straight away off the bat giving yourself less percentage of scoring
1: but what's all the zigzagging and the skippity hops and, and the, the, what's happening the hip habs <laughs> like
0: what's the the little hop and a skip the Jorginho thing I
1: fucking hate it no the, the third Spain penalty who was it again oh god it's one of their best midfielders just feels like an eternity Pedri, Gab,
0: Gabby one of those anyway but uh, just the worst run up for a penalty I've ever seen what's the one step thing about as all well all
1: three of their penalties were awful
0: they all just want to be different they all just want to be, take a penalty different how about just fucking
1: putting it in the middle of the goal I was delighted Spain lost not only because they're awful penals, but because they deliberately lost to Japan in their last group game to avoid Croatia and play Morocco they deserve that. That really got playing, you. That for really playing with pissed fire. you off. Just top your group. If you are afraid of... Croatia are a good team. If you are afraid of Croatia in the last 16...
0: You don't deserve to be there, do yeah. you? You're not going to win the World Cup. Yeah. You're not even going to get to the semis. No. You don't deserve to be. If you're mm. going to manipulate your own results like that to ultimately get what you perceive as a handier toy, I don't think... The hype around Spain had annoyed me at that
1: point because the first game they were they were unbelievable in fairness against Costa Rica but it was Costa Rica and in the second game they were just okay against Germany drew one all. and in the third game I remember watching 40 minutes of just passing the ball around they
0: didn't make one chance wasn't Wasn't the game blown up before at a World Cup early because of that we'll let the listeners mm. get back to us definitely was it was that he's like with the famous
1: Germany Austria game. Possibly. How long are we talking? They basically fixed it so that Germany won one nil or two 0 or something. I'm not so sure that, either so way. They, they were just kind of tipping through. around
0: and the rest just goes, fuck this. And he blew it
1: up a couple minutes early That's yeah, that's probably the biggest scandal in the World Cup. But um So yeah.
0: enjoyable though. So such an enjoyable yeah. like and I have like i said before, but the lads going on holiday and getting the ten till ten football on the piss in the sun. <laughs> but really? it was it was really, really enjoyable. Like, let's aside from whatever atrocities went on we're not talking about that we're just going to talk about the football that happened in front of us if you heard um, Philip O'Connor
1: on uh, Mero's podcast there he had an epic rant about it what's the crack podcast (laughs) Uh, so he he can articulate that way better than we can but he that was a brilliant rant he went on about Qatar and it was eye opening like he talked about like he asked Mero can you name one migrant worker who died a said, honestly, well, no, I can't. I said, exactly. That's He said, that's our failing because we haven't humanised them. We haven't put their stories out there. Is he saying that as a journalist? Yeah. So he's, he's saying, he's, saying they he's, as he's a including himself, that he failed, yeah. But he found it very difficult to get the stories out there. He said he'd be talking to people and to be like a security guard just there. And the migrant worker would be going, oh, yeah, no, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, I, I got paid well. And then when they sneak away from him, he tells you the truth, but that's difficult.
0: Oh. So, it's, interesting stuff, yeah. though it is. It's, it's 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 horrible. It's ultimately we're we're a football show, and we don't mm. want to get deep into the politics of things. Like we always said, mm. we don't really want politics to mix with football. We never did. Mm. We never took sides in any it political it parties have been
1: or held there. But it was up to the FAs <clears throat> to stop it years ago. When it it comes to the year of the World Cup, it's too late for players. Too late for armbands. It's too late for protests. Too late for fans to say I won't watch it. It's too
0: late. I'm um I'm mid I'm waist deep in that FIFA corruption Netflix mm. show. I've only seen the first episode, and I'm I'm loving it. Mm. I'm loving the whole formation of the actual body that is FIFA. It's mm. it's fascinating. It really really is, and it's corrupt as fuck. And I actually <laughs> can't believe Seth Blatter went on it voluntarily. I oh, know, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I, some I of the guests.
1: Seen, I'd seen a few sound bites from him on Twitter, and I didn't know that was from the Actually, in front yeah. of the camera, willingly, like, I couldn't believe yeah. it. He's brazen as fuck. But to come on and say, oh, no, Qatar never should have won it. I'm like, yeah, really? Really, Sepp? Yeah. But, um... <laughs> He's got a big sack of money buried in the desert somewhere. Because we actually recorded our last show, I think shortly after Argentina were beaten by Saudi Arabia. So we were probably dismissive on them then I think a lot of people were but then they just grew into the tournament
0: they I just loved your man be- Enzo in the middle he got better. the young player of the year or the young player of the tournament didn't he he was excellent mm. looking at a big move there but it was just overall it was just mm. brilliant absolutely brilliant
1: couple of calls from, from Rob Devell, which I liked he said minutes after winning the World Cup Argentina have three stars in their jersey and we can't get two on ours months after winning the league
0: get him in the bin
1: I also like this one from Rob, he said the last time, he said this in fairness a couple of weeks before the final, the last time Argentina won in 1986, Robber's just won three in a row. Oh. Now I love that. Excellent stuff. And you see the way uh, we have apparently claimed McAllister, he's Irish, even though his family have lived in
0: Argentina since 1870. I saw, but, I actually uh, saw a bunch of people, and probably his descendants or whatever it was, celebrating with an argentinian flag today on some uh, newspaper report i was like we yeah. will literally jump on any fucking bandwagon
1: <laughs> now i yeah i saw the report now it is a cool story um his his ancestors or whatever or sorry his family in Donabate have traced back his ancestry so they were all watching the game and the the pub in donna um but this is sort of things we cling on to we can't qualify ourselves like one of the players has a Kitty and Murphy tattoo as well, so we'll claim him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what else we got? We have, um, um, yeah. Just as in terms of finals, my dad is, is 80 odd now, and he's seen every final since 1966 when uh, England beat Quite the,
0: quir- the critic, the honest critic
1: as well. At he out. doesn't like football anymore. He just <laughs> he doesn't like modern football, just gives out about it. And I just said, is that the best World Cup final? You've Seen, he you said, Yeah,
0: it has to be. No, you, no question. There's no argument, man. There's no argument, and it's just a great time to be alive to watch football. And, um, for mm. Rovers fans, anyway, I mean, considering the season we had and then that final kind of top off the year and a football perspective, it was just a brilliant spectacle. It really was. What did you make of Messi's uh robe he had to put on? <sighs> Listen, I, I mean, he's he's gonna play the game, he's probably thinking about after. After football as well, so he's always going to be welcome in Qatar. Unfortunately, money talks with these guys, so I don't think they give a fuck enough about the the cause to to say no to that. You know what I mean? I mean he's going to totally, totally piss off his owners of PSG, um, the people who's just won the World Cup. Like they they don't care that much, man. That's that's honestly how mm. it is. I thought it was bad taste and sticking it on him. I mean, what's the point?
1: I thought he could have. I thought the timing was just a bit off-putting. Like he could have worn it while presenting his golden boot or whatever or his player determined award. Mm. He could have just but, did a little lap afterwards but that, or something. that photo where he lifts the trophy that's what everybody looks back on. That's the iconic moment. I don't know what it
0: signifies yeah. though. I didn't look into it. I don't know about the robe or what it's about or what it symbolises. No
1: apparently in guitar it's a very prestigious thing to give to somebody. So it's a cultural thing. It like, wasn't a
0: random robe. It's like giving someone a bow on or something, isn't it? So
1: they're when we criticise it, they're hitting back at us and they're saying, that's your Western ignorance. It's not a robe, blah, blah, blah. There's a
0: lot of that, though, oh. but they... I don't know. It's am not getting just, into that. It's that. just
1: that the moment was... You know what I mean? Um, interesting decision for Messi now. He's on 98 goals. Like, oh, you're, you're very vocal yeah. about this now,
0: which I agree with.
1: If you, if you just won a World Cup and you're 35 surely you make that your last moment but he's on 98 goals you can't you can't knock over the 100 no, so I don't think he will. it's a mad one now he'll play a few more games um, <clears throat> like you said
0: Romario counting goals he scored in the back garden
1: <laughs> yeah that was hilarious World Soccer took him to task over that they actually went through the goals he was counting and he was just making shit up <laughs> he's like yeah. remember
0: that goal he scored against Flamengo like, you-, you weren't in the squad that day <laughs> yeah. you weren't in the squad so we only got the two Tonkins,
1: Ger. Um, Costa Rica, Tonkin. Or sorry, it was the three Tonkins, because we got Portugal and Switzerland. Yeah, and Therefore, England, and...
0: Who, who did England Tonk? Uh,
1: Iran, 6-2. England, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we got Portugal, Tonkin, uh, Switzerland. Or, as they might say, Tony are
0: we <laughs> uh, Also, we, uh, the guy who picked and organised our sweep won the sweep. Just how so, about that now how about that you know yeah ain't that a doozy and his missus just happened to have the other greatest player in the world his team Portugal and he had Messi so mm-hmm. I I, I,
1: I, I, all coincidence. Um, as for uh, England and France I was actually in the Irish House Christmas party for this game Uh, as usual I didn't win any raffles but I won, I won the work raffle I won more alcohol profits sitting here with a
0: gorgeous set of wine here It's going to be opening yeah. up
1: Christmas day I won the Heineken last year and I won the wine this year a robust Merlot prof but once you hand me tickets and numbers I can't win any raffles <laughs> yeah yeah um, literally every person came up to me in the, in the IH and said is Gar coming where is Gar where is your other half
0: that's it is they, he coming they think we're connected at the <laughs> fucking hip man <laughs>
1: I'm like I, he said he would I don't know
0: yeah I know I had fucking yeah. I forgot about a couple of things that day but we. I'm sure they're very happy with the few prizes that was yeah. provided and I heard it was a great day anyway so yeah no it was very good uh, the reaction in the pub when Kane
1: missed um, I think I've slagged a certain somebody on this show before oh, was that that, was that, for, that day for yeah? using the phrase atmosphere in a pub I think it's a quite it's a phrase that deserves to be ridiculed but when Kane missed that pub was cracking on wheels <laughs> it was great and all the memes girl. all the Harry Kane memes how bad like that thing aged terribly the one the video of him kicking the ball over the bar oh, doing I the c- rugby thing oh my god I was studying that for like alright where's the photoshop this can't like this can't be real he actually made
0: that um, yeah, very Jason Byrne-esque, wasn't it? Um, Skied it like I genuinely. I, the second they got given it, and they zoomed in to his, his big dribbly head, and I just mm. thought to myself, he's he just mm. hasn't got the guts or the gumption here to bury this. It didn't seem. He just looked wrong, didn't he? His
1: body language, everything. Mm. Tommy Torrey says, haven't enjoyed a panel that much since worries at, at the Aviva. At the Aviva. Also, where. What is your stance on Dancegate? I love Cause, it because we had Roy it's Keane culture. and we had what was a Didi man. I genuinely don't know why they're so frustrated. Do you with know it. been able to build the Brazilian dancing after the each. The Brazilians
0: goal? have doing it. We've been doing it for since fucking time existed. It's what mm. they do. It's part of their culture. They samba dancing. It's I, I I don't have an issue with it whatsoever. Let them dance. I thought you
1: hit the nail on the head. You said where's the real book on goal celebrations.
0: There's none, whatsoever. It's all opinions. And you can have your opinion, but there's no rules on it. And you shouldn't be ridiculed for doing that. Fair enough. There's one. We take a top off, you get sent off, or you mm. get a yellow card. But I celebrate whoever saying, you want, man. I
1: think Kino was saying, especially, um,
0: why is the manager dancing? I tell you why: you just have a sit down there. You're not allowed to celebrate. <laughs> Chiche, you're not allowed to celebrate. What do you mean? I have a bit more, well,
1: I, I had no problem with the dancing. I just think after the fourth goal, maybe you are taking the piss. Don't but like, like when, dance. but when you score the third goal, you feel like you've won the game and you're in a World Cup quarterfinal. I'm like, yeah, dance. You've just
0: scored a crucial goal. Yeah,
1: I, I, when you're 4-0 up at half time and you're still dancing, maybe you're kind of rubbing
0: it in a bit. I no, don't agree. I think you can do what you want. Get the fucking samba. Get the, the <laughs> cocktail dress out and everything. Uh, I think it was great. Well, it was a World Cup anyway, Prof, and it was real. Just it was, it was, it was enjoyable. World Cup controversies, controversies aside. So, um, we move on to the Rovers news, Prof Alamannis, <clears throat> He has spoken about why he performed the U-turn. He was set to hang up his gloves at forty, and he was convinced that 2022 would be his last year of football because injuries were preventing him from playing with his children. After a chat with his wife in Brazil, the change of heart. Yeah. I think he wants to prove someone else wrong as well. Prof.
1: <laughs> yeah, he spoke about these niggly
0: injuries he had. With his knee and his
1: back. And he said he was getting injections to get him through the season. And they were bothering him to the point where, as you say, he couldn't even play with his children at certain times. And he said he was 99% certain at the start of this year that this would be his last what? year. 99? But he said he left that 1% open. That's a lot. And obviously, his form was amazing. We won the league again group stages. But you know what? I think the crucial thing was the day off. He changed his training schedule. I think he gives himself an extra day off a week. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. But I think overall, um, he's just uh, he wants to be challenged, and it's he's just been such a good servant to the club. I think, I think he might feel that much attached that he probably thinks he's letting people down by retiring. You know, he's that type of guy. He's the most soft-spoken, quiet player ever. But when he does an interview, it's brilliant. Like even mm. at the show with the Tez and Ham play the awards his interview was the best one out of lot. He was brilliant. So when he does actually speak, people listen. You know, it's it's always relevant.
1: I remember staff asking a question about his distribution because he said your distribution's unbelievable. And I can't remember exactly what the question was, but it was. It was pretty it's,
0: much. It's, uh, did he feel like that was a, a challenge? To, yeah. To make that a better part of his game, considering the way we yeah. play, I had to get better.
1: And I've I've read him. McDerry's interviewed him about that before, but um. He just gave this, like, really thoughtful answer. It was long, but it was never boring. And Steph was just like, that's a fucking amazing answer. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, another season with Big Al. We're all very, very happy, of course. And we missed the the Twiggy Tweet, Prof. prof. He he said, what was it, something along the line? Have you got it there? Something along the lines of... um, yeah, so here it is now. And uh, he said, Rovers have took Bow's best player again. Crazy the amount of times that's happened in the past few years. Yeah, I think it was efficient there. Quite the observation. I don't think he got much uh, traction on it, but... No, not many bites, but... Um, it's true, really, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. And from, obviously, we all know people from the dark side and, and from Bows and people who go to Daily Mount. And a fellow I know... Pretty much says that he reckons Bort possibly could be the best player in the league on his day. And I said, well, listen, that's a big fucking jump, but that's how he feels. So he reckons that we've got ourselves a right player if we can keep him fit, which is was a big question mark. So it's all about keeping him fit now. Fortunately, he has a terrible attitude. Uh, yeah. Young Idemo. Idemo who has gone to Millwall and we wish the kid all the best. Um, I noticed someone on online uh, a Millwall
1: fan compared them to Samuel Etu with more pace big boots kid and I thought
0: <laughs> maybe lower your expectations there a little bit mm, bring no <laughs> um but yeah good luck to the kid he's been great such a good kid and I mean he embraced his time at Rovers and he, he did well ultimately built his stock up and got a good move so um yeah good luck to Edmo, all the best I'm a rumoured to be in for Aaron Connolly after his loan spell and Venice was cut short so this was a mental one which personally I, it's not too far fetched because if you think about it if he has totally severed his toys with pretty much I don't know let's say Venezia and Brighton don't want him and maybe a couple of other teams don't want him this is the mm. arm around the shoulder that he would possibly need a la Jack Bourne when he was leaving Scotland who didn't want to play football and Bradshaw stepped in and nurtured him with Graham Barrett and a few other close friends and got him back to loving football. Now wages possibly be an issue, but if you could go to Brighton and you could say we'll get him back motoring if A bit like Burke at Preston. If we, you pay ninety percent of his wages mm. and we'll do the rest. Outright we couldn't afford his wages. No. Be mad to no as chance. well. We're not that thick. Mm. We're not um we're not gonna go over and above and beyond for that. But like I said, we've got good negotiators at the club. Get Stephen Mack in there. Get him in. Flick the hair. Get in with the charm. And uh, get him in, Prof. Get him in.
1: Yeah. Well, it was just a rumour. Um, I don't think he went any further than that. Also, he has a tattoo of himself on his arm. It's so brutal, does, that, one, yeah. does that kind of rule him out, really? It's in a Brighton jersey. Do you think browser just looked at that and said,
0: Not for us. Not for <laughs> <laughs> us. Uh, Felix Patterson, Prof. I wanted this fella. Uh, went to Fleetwood. So I put this into our group. We are a bigger club than Fleetwood. They have a five thousand seater stadium. Minimum amount of fans through the mm-hmm. gates, two thousand seats in and now that's just the infrastructure. But I, we are a bigger team, but I was hit with a retort and it is very much so the it is very much so the valid argument that we spoke about Bradsar as well when we were talking about how we could leave and potentially what could happen. If you do leave and go to League One, you've got Sheffield United. You've got all these big fucking teams. Like, who else? Mm-hmm. Who else? You've got Ipswich. You've got Mass Bolton. Big, big, big teams. A couple of good performances. Yeah. And then you you could get a move. So, I mean, that's the attraction to going to a club like Fleetwood in League One because there's bigger and better teams there in it in the mix. But, uh, Do you remember that mass exodus to
1: League One in the summer? It was, he's going to be playing it with was with was a promise of, Promises up front. It's a bit alarming, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah.
0: They have the same owner, Fleetwood and Waterford. So, that, that move was kind of inevitable, wasn't it? So um, that, you could say, I mean, Fleetwood are going to have a little, you could have loaned them back and you never know. But um, Prof, the uh, Twitter was up in arms. Sligo Twitter was up in arms. Because we apparently are set to win the race for John Kenny on loan. Yeah, as reported by uh, Sligo newspaper. Now, we're yeah. not too fond of loans, if you can think back through Brad's reign. Name a loan sign. Berkey. Anyone else? Because we else? knew we knew what Bergie was like, though we knew yeah. Brookie was part and we knew as his character we don't do loans so do we? we don't do loans so it's very very interesting to see what happens here Um, lovely lovely player definitely a good option to have up front I'd like to see mm-hmm. it happen so we'll, we'll see what goes on there and um, of course the Keane rumour grows stronger by the day and the the potential uh, add-ons and how much money he's going to go for but imagine going to slowly go away the first day of the season with Kenny and Keenan playing up front man. <laughs> how much piss how much slow oh, piss would we boil that'd be an unmissable game wouldn't yeah. it um, Michael Letty joined Rod on loan from us so young Mick um, banging them in for the 19s and finally getting his mm. chance with um, some game time in the Premier Division so looking forward how often forward.
1: have we mentioned his name on this show just calling out results from Goals. under 17s 19s just yeah. frequently mentioned
0: Definitely yeah. Um on the topic of loans as well, Nudger prof. Very interested to see this guy two successful loan spells, mm-hmm. both premier division, one drawder, one in longford, both in uh, one's a relegation season, one did well with Drauda, so I'm hearing good things. I'd love to see a young player come back from a loan
1: and then actually cement the place become a first team player Be, justify it wouldn't it, it
0: almost never happens we are trying to think back on successful yeah. loan spells in our WhatsApp groups we were talking about Desi came back from Dundalk and yeah. did well but
1: well, he was an experienced player yeah
0: though. there was another one as well there was another one Podge possibly but it's it's something that like listen we're open to it and like I said I like the look of Nodger a couple of times I've seen him play on the season pass or the season ticket whatever way we want to call it on LOY TV and was always looked good so it's a good player to have in your ranks uh, Lee United was rebranded, Prof.
1: Yes, uh, more did, edgy. It wasn't a little bit edgy? Did need a lick of paint, all right? Because it needed to differentiate itself. Because it's always been led by the sponsor. You know, it's always been just SSC or Tricity and whatever that color is. So, is there um, no sponsor?
0: Hmm. Is there no sponsor?
1: No, it is it's same sponsor SSC Artricity, yeah. But has there ever been like different brands? Like I think two thousand nine. There's that, there's that uh, League of Ireland logo, with just the football. Yeah. But you rarely see that in branding. But um, yeah, blue for men, pink for women. Very imaginative there. Very imaginative <laughs> colours.
0: Where <laughs> really came up with
1: that? <laughs> uh, see, Wexford also have a new crest, purple and gold. So yeah, they're, they're do you know branding.
0: what? It's like I've looked at threads on Twitter about crests and. There's not much imagination put into it. I think I prefer the old school ones with the kind of ornate drawings and like se- se- like seagulls and like seahorses and stuff like that. Something that kind of means something. Now it's just... Yeah. I like the random ones. Like as long
1: have the the old World Cup trophy. The Jules remain. Yeah, no, I just...
0: Yeah. I, I wasn't into it. I'll be honest. I, and I'm... Like I love Arquist as well but we've changed it, what, twice? I'm not sure how many names. I don't think there's any plans to change it. further. It- Couple of stars on its crown. Um, Dundalk Prof, they have a new sponsor in Bet Regal. Who was their sponsor? Fife's, wasn't it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And now it's Bet Regal. So. we we'll have to get the Dundalk PA and. Uh, and uh, this could be scuppered. Call it Possibly could be scuppered. Um, I'm sure there's ways around it, but with the new um, laws that came in, I don't think we're going to be going ahead. We're, 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 we're done with AAA, am I right? We're finished. It's yeah. finished now, so we'll see what happens with Bet Regal. The, the, the pull, the plug could could be pulled. Were they not saying it was only for under 18 players? Yeah, but that means you're gonna you're not gonna have mm. any young young bucks in your team, mm. you know. Um, Dundalk and Pats are in for Barry Carter. that's a weird one. I thought they would have snapped them up by now at this stage, considering his cult icon status at Pats. But uh, he, I'm sure he'll end up somewhere.
1: It's funny when you read online the excitement for Pats fans at. The idea of bringing him back. And then you look at Roberts fans being kind of... Eh, it's just... It's mad, isn't it's, it? The, the two perceptions mad. of the same
0: player are just totally wild. And, uh,
1: I mean, he did some good things for us. And he obviously was very good for bats. Fucking but, headbanger, uh, man. He's just... I don't think he's come back in there. I don't think cream, it, anyway.
0: his, his lack of discipline doesn't really fit in to our style of play. And... I think I've seen a couple of straps as well, so I don't think that, that kind of works out when you're in a dressing room quite like mm. Stephen Bradley's dressing room. So I think he
1: only unfollowed us and all from Instagram there a week ago. Oh
0: before. did he? So he, was, <laughs> he cut ties officially? Okay, okay. Uh Dino Seablock Williams signed for Bows He scored a lot of goals against Bows yeah. he he certainly did. And Tunde went
1: to Cork as well. So I, That Belgian fella.
0: yeah, Thund, has he ever had a good run of games bar with maybe his fourth season with Harps?
1: got that hat-trick against Pats. Yeah, other than that, he hasn't really torn. it on. Still one of the most impressive hat-tricks I've seen in the League of Ireland. Yeah, yep. and still a, 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 a very, very...
0: Uh, yeah, ridiculous. Still a very, very tricky player to play against. I think he won a penalty in Richmond against Ulster, remember? Um, mm-hmm. The night greener turned into Messi for uh, about 30 seconds. But it was um, definitely... uh, Like, it's... I'm. I'm not sure it's gonna work out, to be honest. But listen, you'd be you'd be excited enough as a Cork as a Cork fan with a player like that coming in. We'll see what happens.
1: You tend to get a lot of these journeyman strikers in the league, don't you, from abroad? Bagumi. They either they either light the league on fire and then they kind of fade and then they bounce around a few clubs,
0: or if they do really really well, they'll probably go to England. But Kuduzovic, remember him? Yeah. Few good players, uh Kindogas Malonis, was it off oh, balls? Lithuania for the odd caps. <laughs> uh, Max Murphy de Bray, Agent Max has gone to Bray. And uh, we we're, were all disappointed with that yeah, one. Yeah, I know, yeah. He's been found out. Max must stay. Max must stay. More big news, former Qifties, perfect ten winner. James Dune has signed for Longford. Um Speaking of Journeyman. Speaking of journey, journeymen, yeah. So yeah, Chelsea signed for Fan off Mold, prof. Over ten million and um, he was good we'll be honest he was mm. go, He was a good player
1: you've used the word levels before
0: levels yeah and that's ultimately what it was he had one chance he buried it and that's that's the levels that we need to kind of aspire to when it comes to uh, European football and well, we'll get there I mean there was like curve last year massive curve. we are way off it we'll get there though I'm confident I'm confident Rome wasn't built in a day prof hopefully by the
1: time you and I finish this Podcast and hang up the microphone in our late 70s, (laughs) yeah. We will be selling players for 10 million,
0: (laughs) yeah. Imagine Jesus, it's not, I wouldn't, uh, not too far fetched, bruv. We've MON is back as Northern Ireland manager, five year deal, and uh, brilliant, brilliant signing. Let's be honest, a superb manager. I don't Um, think it's a good idea for him, though. I don't think he should go back. No, I don't think there's nothing there for him other than that. It's stable, isn't it? It's stable for him. It's hand, it's 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 like, like you said, it's hometown, probably got a good deal. And um ultimately there's not that much of an expectation. But I think it suits him because he's more of a he's he's more of an analyst. He's able to pick off teams uh, with with teams that he inherits himself, like the likes of a team he might have for two weeks with Northern Ireland team. He'll be able to pick off weaknesses of another team and and go for that particular game, which I think he was really, really good at. And if you look at the Stoke forum and what the Stoke fans said, apparently he worked wonders at the club as regards the budgets and getting them to where they should have been to the next mm. level. Purely looking at their
1: results and their league finishes, it looked unspectacular. Yeah. What he did there, but that's
0: just on the surface. Steadying the ship is but the word I heard, yeah.
1: Or if f- I said to you in twenty eleven, after Michael Neal left us after group stages and back to back titles, that he that eleven years later he would only have managed two different teams. Would you
0: believe me? No, no, not at all. Jeez, when you think of it like that. I was actually thinking about it when when he did leave, and I was like, "Did did he actually only have two teams?" I had to look it up again to see if he actually did yeah. something else. Um, the Des Kelly pref prof. It's all uh, bows, which I have no problems with at all. I'm it's a kip. I, I don't give a fuck about it. So we're going to get that temporary stand. I imagine, which could mm. work out in our favour atmosphere wise if there's a roof over it.
1: Where is the temporary stand across
0: from? It's the It's gonna be where the car park is, as far as I know, in yeah. and around there. It's just some temporary. Stand and I'm not sure if it hmm. even has a roof. I doubt. I doubt. It. I I doubt it. I'd say they just put in something like Dundalk and put in temporary seating. <coughs> they won't give us a roof. All four hundred of us. <coughs> All four hundred, which will revert back to Balls fans once um once they played like the likes of UCD and that you know um the cycle for Josh Shelbourne FC Kitman Johnny Graham and Cara Watson arranged a fundraiser for Josh Bradley. So fair play to the lads and and um, they raised a few quid cycling in Liffey Valley Prof just down the road from me so they were in um, and in fairness fair play to the gaffer and everybody involved at the team they sent a couple of lads down to the Irish house as well so it was a busy busy day for mm. the squad so well done they raised a few quid for a fantastic cause B.I. Billy Dennehy Prof he's the new Kerry FC manager do you smell a little friendly going down the country <laughs> I wouldn't mind it hashtag our name is Kerry where we stay what's the name of the Clarny what's the name of it? the Glen Eagle or something like that um, yeah so Mount Hawk Park Billy Denny. they signed their first two players two Kerry homeboys one uh, their names I think Sean Keane or Matt Keane It escaped me now but they've made their first signings because I was thinking to myself it's great they've got a ground they've a manager I was like they no players
1: <laughs> so they eventually Signed someone Building so. from scratch Yeah um, That's a fascinating one Billy Denny as a manager I know Yeah, I didn't even
0: yeah. know He had the pro So um, Be interesting To see what goes on I just on.
1: thought he was Going to want to stay In the background And do What, what was he before uh, Director
0: or something Once again It could have been a case Of mm. pretty much Right lads Who wants it Do you know what I mean so That
1: often happens though Doesn't it like, yeah. what, I think Pat Dolan At Wexford when, the, when they launched He went straight in As manager it, it does typically happen that when there's a a former player behind the scenes he ends up just becoming and saying the that as well who minders.
0: else who who more could they trust like who else would have them my heart than Billy Denny do you know what I mean he's there he's built up mm. from the ground up so yeah it's his baby you could say And their season tickets though Prof it's the joint most expensive in the league with shells at 275 euro
1: this got a lot of reaction online
0: oh man this got a
1: backlash
0: I'm not sure what to think of that in a gas stronghold as well let's not forget in their debut season as a new club. Nearly 300. Joint grade. highest season or ticket. I don't know. That is a gamble. It's it's interesting anyway. It is a gamble. Yeah, we'll see how they get on. Anyway, you'd wonder if there's an appetite for it down there as well. So we'll see what happens. And then you
1: look at ours. Joint lowest in the Premier Division.
0: And we've sold over 3,000. So <laughs> yeah, we're flying. And Pats have claimed record season ticket sales, but no figures as well. And this is something that I kind of briefly mock. But ultimately, it's a good thing. It is. I mean, they didn't give out figures, which are not obliged to. But it's, it's what we want. We want all these clubs getting good sales and everybody going to the to the league into the games. Someone else had good season ticket sales as well. I've seen it there recently, so we're we're happy that everybody else is selling season tickets. Let's let's uh, let's knock it out of the park for as regards to the progress of the league. So, uh, Derby sold 1,500 as well season tickets. So that's there by December 9th. it's have as many as Rovers. Um, like we said, we hit the three K mark this month as well. So solid income for all the clubs. Three thousand at this stage is incredible. Try um, and hit the four profit. Is four possible? It's four. Of course, it's possible. It's still only. We just, never
1: thought being in Tala was possible. So. I'm sure. <laughs> it's still only December. Still a
0: couple of months to go. Yeah. We have the League of Oil and TV season pass is set to return in twenty twenty three, and I'm very very happy with this considering uh, it was badly missed and. Um, mm-hmm a little bit of a trial and error last year's regards to paint for every game and stuff like that so I'm guessing it didn't go down too well and they're going to have the season pass again so you'll get more people buying it I'm certainly going to buy it anyway because I'd love sometimes you're sitting down and it's uh, Rovers are playing on a Saturday like we're going to be playing out in Sligo for the first game of the season mm-hmm. you can watch a game on a Friday night so that's my re- my reason for it. Yeah, it's not been confirmed now. This, this was a newspaper
1: report, but it says that they're they're still working out a new subscription package, so they don't know how much exactly this will cost if the season pass is definitely back. Hopefully not Kerry-esque. But uh, if you remember this season, the worry was it would take money off the, the gate that we were just back from COVID. Uh, would people get used to sitting at home watching the, the stream? As it happened to when
0: compete the other way, is shot up. Oh, I don't get that mentality at all. I mean, it, like if you have a team local to you, like mm-hmm. for example, me and you sitting here, and I don't know, let's say Glenmore had a stadium out the back, you're not gonna watch it on the pass. You're gonna go <laughs> to the game. Do you know what I mean? That's it's a different mm-hmm. different breed, different mentality, really.
1: Yeah. Plus, like, you're you're in Tada on the Friday. You'd be you'd just be good to able to watch. Any game on, like, say, Sligar at home on the Saturday or whatever, you can watch other teams' games. Or say, you're one, you're not one of the 400 people who are who can be in Denny Mount in this shitty temporary stand. Exactly. And say it's not on RTE. You want to have your season pass then?
0: Exactly. Like. Yeah, bang on the money there, Puff. Um,
1: did you see that English fella's rant at the Irish Liverpool fans? It was very good. You know the infamous. Paddy is a And of he's, of a got, a, he's going he's gone to bowls games now. Uh, he's doing vlogs. <laughs> is he going to bowls games He's or decided is, to go to Bowls or is he going to the Birmingham Bobcats? The Birmingham <laughs> Bobcats, yeah. He was a brummy, yeah. wasn't
0: he, your man? That was a great rant, wasn't it? He's, he's right, right though. Quality. I honestly like it like your your man Paddy, I don't even want to give him too much airtime because I think he's I, I think he's not gonna do himself any favours in the long run with the way he acts. Especially like being so obsessed with Liverpool. And then having that much disdain for the English team I, mm. like it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It really doesn't. Um, but yeah no so he's going to be in he's going to be in Daily match.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that he picked balls of uh. all clubs.
0: Yeah, it's his local team. So yeah congratulations to Brads already Rory Gapney and Andy Lyons who've been nominated for the SSE at Tristy Soccer Writers Men's Personality of the Year Award. So um, hopefully Prof will scoop that one that'll be another sweep on the board. A big Al nominated for Goalkeeper of the Year as well, so it's safe to say that that trophy's in safe hands.
1: I'm <laughs> no, not going to say the parker.
0: Um, we also have Brads are visiting his old secondary school and talent. and spurred young uns, Prof. So um, yep. that's what we think is cool. Uh, it's, it's good to see, you know, somebody coming in successful from your area showing this is what you can do. Definitely something good for the kids. And
1: more wholesome news. That wasn't all bomb, was it? And more wholesome news the 2013 group. They played the a game of foot golf in the snow. In the, yeah. Foot golf's great crack. Especially in the snow. Yeah.
0: Congratulations to Aiden Price for receiving his pro license. Uh, same course as Carlo Cudicini. Um what's that fella who he's a guy coach? Dunny Gaul lad, I can't remember his name. But involved with him as well. So yeah, big shout out to Aido. And uh, congrats on your pro licence. We've Jessica Hennessy and Stephanie Roach. Zambra, as she's known as now, became the fourth and fifth signings for the Rovers women's senior side, followed by the under-19 international defender Melissa O'Kane and the following gradu- uh, academy scars have graduated from our under-age uh, women's national league setup. So, Maria Reynolds, Abby Tuttle, Jamie Thompson and Orla Matney. She was the under-17 player of the year FAO. So, congratulations, ladies. And... um. Saturday's prof are going to be ladies football day So I'll be heading down with Maya
1: Yeah I was to reply on Twitter there To um, the Melissa O'Kane signing And he caught with a, a post from Town on Twitter And on November <clears throat> 19th They announced her as having re-signed How embarrassing Imagine we announced a re-signing of a player Like say you know we we say Maddis Big picture that, of Mattis re-signed and then, a month later, no warning, you click on the Rovers' Twitter and she's signed.
0: Scarf above the head. Jesus. Um, I have to say, yeah. on Twitter, this Rovers' ladies' football team is boiling piss, man. It really is. We've rated p raided, Rated p They're not happy, like women's football, they're not happy with this Rovers' uh, <laughs> formulation. Well, that's
1: hardly surprising. No.
0: But the um, the Rovers head of women's football, Jason Carey, and we've a bit of a, a all star lineup front line in our ladies team. Stated that the club wasn't entering the women's national league just to make up the numbers. We want to come in and change the game here. We want to raise the standards that exist already. Whether it's facilities, strength, the condition, the medical stuff, performance analysis, it has grown year on year. That expertise, but we want to take it to the next level. Tap into what already exists in the club, and get up to that level.
1: Yeah, there was a media event there. That's where he was speaking at. Stephanie Roche or Zambra now, uh, was speaking as well about a lot of the women players were drawn to the level of professionalism. Like we're we're raising raising the standards with this new women's team. But do you know the way we announced kind of the new signings on our main Robert's Twitter's page. Yeah. Uh, the the most inevitable reply on Facebook, Dan O'Brien, just goes any chance of setting up a separate page for the women's team? <laughs> <laughs> it got like, it got like two dozen likes. It's just like, a lot of people were thinking the same thing, but it makes sense to do we're it. We're being
0: all. lulled in to a
1: false sense of security. <laughs> no, it makes sense to do it on the one page because yeah. it's going to get more eyeballs and, um, the it. Of course, Garrett, I was asked, is Stephanie the first Rovers player to be on Dancing with the Stars? I actually wrote it in my notes as a joke. I said, no one's asked me this yet, and then two people asked me. Straight away.
0: They <laughs> can guess who it was. Um, Robert, yeah, so the home games, more than likely, it's going to be half five on a Saturday in Tallis Stadium. So, um, Vera Pell won Manager of the Year ahead of Bradzer as well, mm-hmm. uh, shaking off the recent controversy. Yeah, she's been the news, isn't she? Yeah.
1: Um, they were talking about that on Merrow's podcast as well, because Philip O'Connor covers women's football a lot.
0: Merrow, from what I saw on Twitter, etc., etc., was criticized very heavily. Ooh. So, it's not something we're going to debate here because um very touchy subject. Very touchy subject. I'm uh, not going near I'm this. Not fucking touching <laughs> it, man. I'm not touching it. So, but,
1: uh, one final note... just on the Ireland women's team. Um UEFA came to a decision on this uh URA the Ra dressing room song. Twenty thousand euro fine. Sevilla fans racially abused a Man City player. Five thousand pounds. Yeah, you wafer ladies and gentlemen, you wait for priorities. You had
0: also you had the Argentinian players in the dressing room saying "fuck the English, we own the Falklands." No fine, mm-hmm. no repercussions.
1: So uh, one team at the World Cup uh had a Palestinian flag.
0: Listen, it's um Ah it's not even worth the talking about prof but hopefully that twenty K we can kick it down the road and it doesn't end up getting taken out of coffers of the ladies national team. But football and politics don't mix. Mm. Even though they mix a lot. Yeah. Now prof, he's back for part two. It's Connors Corner.
2: Ooh baby
0: don't you love lighting Oh, my Rovers are the best, and I say, baby, love comes first, and I love Rovers burst. Yep,
1: yeah, so for this, we're going to separate the next few into categories. So first category is food. So after a very long debate on which Indian places are the best to go to, this was Barry's
0: first input of the night. Lads. Whatcher is it when you say you're rotten looking? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and then...
1: BK better than McDonald's. All caps. <laughs> and that wasn't random, by the way. That actually was part of a discussion. But it's just the all
0: caps. Remind me of Iron Sheik on Twitter. <laughs> uh, next. Yeah, the review on... So, review on kebab part two. worse than last time. Rubber meat dirty chips.
1: Uh, on to football now this is after Junior played very well against us up front for Boz he said this he won a <laughs> setra <laughs> yeah rare to find a player who can win uh, a <laughs> uh next a certain Ukrainian's debut when he played his first game for the Robbers 19's last season
0: anyone know how Victor got on to fag. <laughs> And we the little Robbers game update
1: 1-0, we wore shite. Made them look at lot better than they were. Red was atrocious. <laughs> uh, next, this is after Ludogrets got their third red card in Europe.
0: Ludogrets? splinks, is atrioisk. <laughs>
1: yeah, then digging. we
0: had an hour long debate in the standard of Leinster Senior League football. Then comes Bertie with a cracker. Lads,
1: making it toasty. What do you put on it?
0: <laughs> this is in the middle of like <laughs> like, a, like a full-on conversation. Do you remember that? Yeah. That went on for hours. Uh, then I replied to the discussion of the Europa League final pre-match of violence. Lots of Rangers videos posted in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all in the midst of a big debate about football violence and uh, Rangers videos getting posted into the chat and Barry chimes in
1: how many custard cream is too many in one sitting
0: <laughs> well I can answer that that's never enough custard creams <laughs> Barry Scottish football is Guy is dort. rovers are little uh, Europe
1: yep yeah, Europe I'm going pool after my Whitby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why just the capital Y in Whitby just uh, makes it even funnier And now he's in the in the airport Finally coming home from Malta after all these delays
0: it's just cues we get in bad When we got there, with did lifts And no even cold sides in a pillow tonight, poxy So barely looking for some home comforts
1: That actually, uh, that resonated with me so I love switching the pillow onto the cold lake. and uh, it doesn't work in the hot nights next he had in fairness to myself that didn't actually drink the tap water people think I'm stupid <laughs> and next he's home from Ghent lads there was some amount of cabbages on that trip what a club <laughs>
0: <laughs> Barry's response to hearing the five good hoopers are stuck in Denmark with no fly home might have a problem with my liver so <laughs>
1: Um, the side down. (laughs) Uh,
0: And he was on a cruise. A lovely cruise going around the place. On, get it together bro.
1: <clears throat> Stinks <clears throat> Stinks and stones make break my bones but names
0: will never hurt me. <laughs> watch out for those stinks and stones <laughs> oh, oh my god a flight to Charlotte in the morning then supposed to be a flight to Miami but Ian stopped it <laughs> fucking Ian alright
1: uh, <clears throat> loads of Italians on this seem one set of English people but was wearing an Rangers jersey so I hissed at him no but the boat is so confusing and honestly some of the people is so rude
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, couldn't care less about religion But if I ever have kids They'll probably be christened And all that malark. Christian Is dead in this country Poor
1: Christian auntie Toss and purse her family
0: uh, You're next Oh yeah so next Barry is concerned about Rob Lavelle's neighbour's dog Possibly getting mistreated mm. Ring
1: <laughs> Keep throwing me off Ring the Dalak.
0: <laughs> Where is the dog? <laughs> the Daleks. Doctor Who. I don't think they have to fucking, they shoot the laces out of the head.
1: <laughs> And it quickly followed up. DSPCA. Oh. And uh, <clears throat> speaking of Lavelle, he's, he's also being featured here. No escape. Um, we were arguing how much we had left in the Tifties kitty after we got a few bets up a year ago. No one knew the exact figure. So Rob put in a picture of a baby's cot
0: that he'd purchased and then said this. If you guess how mush this coat was, then you know how much we have left in the kitty. <laughs> so it's a fancy coat. So it was. Um,
1: and finally, firing back at Aussie Nate. Fuck off, you kangaroo humming cunt. Do you know what? Only today I got what he was trying to say there. Humping? No. What? Humming. Replace the H. Oh.
0: There you go. It'd be the same thing,
1: really. Yeah. And uh, we are going to give Barry some credit here at the end. Because he came out with an absolute cracker. And you might have seen this at the end of the Tipty's Hotline photography video we did. Where you see Uldres Davey celebrating a goal And he's looking around Everyone around him And Barry goes ha ha, ha 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 I love that gif It looks like Davey's blind And he's celebrating by the sounds around him
0: Ha 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 <laughs> yeah, That's actually pretty true <laughs> So that's Connor's Corner And a bumper bumper edition Oh my god He's back with a vengeance It's Connor's corner, 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 corner yeah. So prof up next You have a little gift For the Tiftys fans a little Christmas present, A little Chris Crindle, and it's Noel Hunt.
1: So, I'm delighted to be joined by former Robbers, Reading, and Ireland striker Noel Hunt, uh, joining us in the podcast, former player of the year as well. So, we can add him to the list. Uh, welcome to the show, Noel. Uh, thanks for having me. So, you're originally from Waterford, and that's where you be- you began playing junior club football in Waterford. Uh, this is before Damien Richardson signed you in 2001, the age of 18. So, what do you remember from that time playing uh football at an early age and then signing for Damien?
3: Oh, to be fair, I remember it all, I remember it all like yesterday. It's mad. Um, I was playing in Waterford with uh with my friends, obviously, um, in my local club at Johnville, um, and then I got asked. To go down and train with Waterford for the pre season and stuff. No, it was free freeze anybody. I knew what I was fit like. So uh I said, Yeah, I'll go down and share and have a look, have a kick around and that and um a couple of friends of mine were down there as well. One of my friends was coming back from from Sunderland um as a boy, T S. He was he he was on his way back and he'd come back to Waterford as well. So the team was played on a Saturday in a game against uh, Cork City under twenty ones. And the both of us scored in the game like an then the manager at the time asked whether come they come to the first team game tomorrow just to fill the numbers kind of against against Rovers. they're not the Osier. So I thought, yeah, why not? I thought, why not? Like I'll go down like me and me me and me mate, me mate Ian at the time, uh, Ian Barry. Um and the two was come on at half time and the both was scored in the game. And we won 2 0. Um and I didn't I didn't think I, I was signing for Warrior for what? For like thirty quid a week or whatever it was at the time, and um, I was happy as Larry was finishing school and was going to go into a force course, a football course. To um, that way, like, in after the game, Shane Robinson, who was obviously you know very well, um, he came up and we were chatting away, and he said, "You signed?" I was like, "No, I haven't." He's like, oh, you know the, the manager really liked you. Do you want to come up and play a game?" I was like, no, why not? Like I'm not signed anywhere. I have nothing to do. Like I was, I was just, at a, I was just fresh out of school at the time. Um, and then that Wednesday, I was, I was uh, the, the following week, I was doing a milk run. So I was up at two in the morning, um, out on the run for 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 my, um, uh, yes. uh, my mom's partner, Anthony, who was my coach all the way through. To be fair, my football coach, he was away on holidays, so I was doing his milk run at half two in the morning with his brother. Uh, Anthony's brother um, and getting into bed for 11 so the same thing happened I I, I, uh, had the game on the Wednesday but I was out on the Tuesday morning at 2 o'clock in the morning Uh, went and done the milk run home for 10 into the bed up at 2 on the bus up to up to up to Talla up to Newlands Cross where Shane got me Um, and then I played a game against the Gardas behind closed doors and we won 5-0 and ended up scoring a hat-trick in the game so (laughs) it was mad 24 hours and then after that the, the manager said like, look I want to sign and I was like yeah listen talk to me talk to Anthony like I've, I've, I honestly had no idea um, so I ended up signing for Rovers uh, obviously because it was a massive club Uh I knew Shane Um I was I, I, they just signed Stephen Grant I knew of Shawnee Francis uh, Boots Grant was there Tony obviously who, I, who I'd known from just watching the League of Ireland and admired and um you know, I was only delighted to go and sign and, and then like, try play with these guys. Um and that was it really, like from there. I went back to Waterford on loan. So I wasn't gonna get a game, I knew I wasn't, but I went back to Waterford on loan and played for them for for five or six months. Caused a bit of turmoil in the first season in terms of I came back off loan from Waterford uh through um the window, the mid mid the mid season window. I went back to Waterford then after playing against Pretty sure it was Dundalk or somebody in a, in a cup game or Longford. I think it might have been in a cup game or whatever it was. Um, and uh, went back to Waterford after that to keep on playing. Like, and we got we got beat for the league for, for Waterford that year by two points, and they deducted us three points because of me because of going back on loan and stuff, which is a, which is a sore one because obviously I was at my hometown and that. And we done well, and I made a few friends at Waterford at the same time. Gary Dempsey being one of them. Uh, End up going over to Dunfermline um, uh, with, you know, so it was a mad, but then my, my season, my, my year over is like it's my second season when I started to play, like the, the pre season against Celtic and all that. All them games are all so vivid, like um, throughout the season, done, you know, Dirty away and, you know, Pats at home. And um, it was, yeah, it was incredible. I've got so many memories, like Cork away and it, it does, they don't leave you because they're obviously such fond memories and they good memories um, that I have and uh, with good people that I still talk to every now and again you know over, over Facebook or, or Instagram you know uh, um, it's, it's nice to see some some memories you know
1: yeah so coming back from your allowance spell in the first version of Waterford then you come back and now uh, Liam Buckley has replaced uh, with yeah. your manager so what was it like coming back from Waterford and settling into the team then playing under Bucco
3: I was a bit anxious to be honest because I had a, I had a bit of a, t- a, a touchline going over with Bucco uh, he's, I think he was the manager at loan at the time Um, I'm not too sure he was managing before that but I had come up against him at Waterford and I uh, had a bit of a go off from um, him Cause he was, I always, I was on the pitch, obviously running around tackling, and he was. I don't think he was happy at one point, so I told him to shut up, or whatever. <laughs> I was running, on the you know, and end up being the manager. So I thought this could go one a boat way two ways. He could either. I honestly thought I'd be out the door, and um, but when I came, he was like, "Listen, you're feisty. I like you. I think you got a chance of playing here. We need some fresh blood. Like I want you to stay." I was delighted. you know what I mean? So he was brilliant for me. Liam Buckley was brilliant for me. He really, really was. Um. He was a great manager to me, um, and um, we had a really good team that season, I think, you know.
1: Yeah, you're a top league goal scorer for our uh, 11 league We reached a cup final as well in 2002. Do you have a highlight, I suppose, from the season?
3: Um, no, I have. I kind of have a re- regret from season. the season. The, the cup final, we should never have lost um, on the day. I mean, we were, we're <laughs> a far right in Derry City, and... Um, I, I I was struggling with my knees through that through that time as well. Growing, up, growing and whatnot. I had like a couple of things that ended up like hampering me for years. Really, if I'm being honest, and I ended up getting a, ended up getting an operation. When I was 25, 26. I was out for a year because of it. Like, um, but that cup final it was it killed me because I thought we were the better side. They got a lucky goal, um, and we just couldn't score. And nothing really fell for us, you know. It was uh, a tough day. Highlights look talk about goals or, you know playing a talk and all that you know but um, I just remember the team we had with Tommy Dunn obviously in the back you know Tony O'Dowd in goal um, you know you, you had Deansy, you had Pat Scully you had you, had, you know Stephen McGuinness we had so many good players we had Knocko Tracy and um, obviously Robbo was on the wing. we had Grantie up front with, 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 with both Granty Stephen as well you know and um, we had a proper good team that year Um, and even we we brought in the boy Luke de who I thought was really really good so (laughs) you know like you still see these names you still I thought you know I I felt we could have finished better in the league I was a bit gutted where I finished but at the same time it was my first year I I think I was I was just just really I still really am gutted about the cup final to be honest it still doesn't sit right you know what I mean but what can you do about it now um, it's probably just one of the regrets you'll always have like.
1: I actually interviewed mech there a few months ago just purely because we were going to Malda for the, the Champions League game but yeah. um, I have a few fans comments that I'll read out to you now and then uh, first one from Mick Fallon, living in Canada now he says that you organised tickets for two young lads, himself and his cousin before that cup final and you left them at the turnstiles room he said he just chanced his arm and asked you because he couldn't afford none at the time so he, he says you're a legend
3: No, no, look, I think to be fair, I remember, I actually remember that, would you believe it? Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that one thing about Rovers, the fans are so unique. um, And throughout the years, I think they carry the history with them. You know what I mean? And it gets passed down, as it always does to fans. But I think with Rovers fans, it's an extra special um, type of relationship from the fans to the players. You know, for the club, I think it's all bonded in one really tightly. Um, and I, I even remember. I obviously I saw a while back about Big deck passing away. Like you know, it's sad, and I, I was gutted because he was always there. You, you'd never not see him. You know, you'd never not see him, and it was such a um a shock. I was shocked, um, and I was gutted. You know, and I, I've never I've never been one to go back. I've never looked back. You know, I never looked back in terms of um. Like what we've done or what 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 I've done or what we've done as a team or, um. But I've moved I moved house there a little while ago and moved into a I'd say our, our our final home like and um. I had a box full of obviously jerseys that I would picked up through the years and um memorabilia that I, I didn't know I had really to be honest. And there's loads of things from Rovers in there, like shirts and whatnot and. And um, I just, to be fair, I was in floods like so I never had went back over, never really analysed back over things because I think you can't change the past. I only play the present, um, and I never look about about at what I'm going to do because I think that's then your your ego talking. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and then I think your past is your pride talking. I try to just stay in the moment kind of thing. Um, but uh, it, yeah, it was sad. I was gutted. You know what I mean? And, um. I I always watch the games. I saw I saw the games the night against Pats. Um, I've got an app so I go and watch him and stuff, which is great. Like, and you just, you always keep an eye out on the teams that you know that where you felt like you were treated right, and you and you you gave your all. Do you know what I mean? And, um, I think the, the Colour lived in Tala as well for the time I was there with with, with the Moonies and Brian Moonies, obviously family and you know Colette and Fran they were absolutely brilliant to me. They were brilliant to me. You know what I mean? And um. I'm still, still in contact with them now because they're just amazing people. Like they took me in, and I was like a son to them. You know, at 18, it was uh, it was all a new. Leaving home, I was ready to leave home, but I wasn't ready to live on my own. I would, I would have burned the place down. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I knew Brian from the Irish schools, and he was like, "Listen, come live with us." And I did. It was amazing. Do you know what I mean? So I always have a good, like a, a big place in my heart for Rovers and um, and a family of Rovers as such.
1: Uh, Ricky wants me to ask you about the somersault off the barrier in Talca Park. This was the intro to Aircom Weekly every yeah. week so uh, talk about the
3: celebration. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I remember the celebration. I can't remember who it was against. I think I scored that was my second goal in that game. If I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure it was. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I got a mad idea that I could do it and I was kind of one of on them ones that if, if I thought I could do something I'd try it like Maybe a bit stupid, but um, I thought I'd give it a crap. I, I didn't like I hadn't like rehearsed it or anything. I just I just talked it up on it and flip off it. I don't know why, uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like good times. Uh, so someone so that I could have slipped and broke me neck. You know what I mean? But um, I wouldn't advise it. I wouldn't advise it.
1: <laughs> yeah, a few people send in about the about the flip in the White Predators and talking. Uh, yeah. A few people interested in if whether or not the manager liked you doing that.
3: He didn't say anything to me to be asked. didn't say anything to me i never I've never known because i I end up keeping keeping that with me and, and obviously backflipping and whatnot and no one's there no one ever told me not to do you that know, kind of way like, um but if you feel the are steps too far probably in today's day and age, I'd probably be getting a on that with the way the with the way the world has gone. I'd probably be getting a warning off the f a i or whatever because you know it's dangerous and you know, he's setting examples. I think I think social media and whatnot now is blown up so big. You know, everything is everywhere. You know, you can't you, you can't do anything without it being recorded or filmed or, um so maybe back then I don't think I don't even think there was cameras on phones. Do you know what I mean? So um I think it was fine back then, but maybe now maybe now it'll be a little bit different, you know.
1: Yeah, a couple of more fan memories. Gina Bryan remembers a back heel against Cork at Turner's Cross in the Cup, was that? Was that a goal?
3: Yeah, yeah, just uh, just a flick. Yeah, it, it was, again, it didn't. Just just where the ball fell. Um, I, that, I mean, that was a good game. But that was that was a feisty game. We had some feisty games. Obviously, Dublin derbies are um were big, but back then, can't, going to Cork, going to Turner's Cross, like um, it, it was uh, it was there was something special about it. You know, because we used to travel in numbers, and we still obviously robes still do. Like, um, and, uh, without a doubt, I'd say robes were were the best support at home and away. Even though we didn't have, even though we didn't have a, a ground at at the time, but we were the same um up in Jacor or at Tulka Park. There was always a great atmosphere, you know. And even, but when we went away to the places like Cork, like we'd have, you'd have a, you know. Obviously, deck would be there, the the drum would be there, and it was it was good. You know, it was a good atmosphere, it was there was a real buzz about the place.
1: And testing your memory now, Brian McKenna asks, uh, was the Twix tasty? Oh, I don't
3: know.
1: Well, still eat sa- ask him what he says happened was a talker one night having scored, he took a bit of a fan's chocolate bar behind the goal, and it was always rumored to be a Twix.
3: Ah. I remember something like that, I don't remember, I remember doing something, yeah, I remember something like that, but I don't remember what it was, I don't remember what it was.
1: Right, so your last game for Auburn was the last day of the season, January 2003, Yeah. you were subbed off to a hero's reception against Longford, carried off the pitch on fans' shoulders, so quite the send-off.
3: Yeah, it was amazing, very emotional, I remember crying after it in the dressing room, Um because Like I said, I didn't really want to go at the time and I was loving it there. And it's not I, I, right, right now looking back, it was the right step. But the the club were kind of like this, and we need the money to kind of um, which is fair enough. Like, and uh, but, but I was just it's just because we were so tight as a family. And I remember, coming off, I still have the banner, I had this, they, they gave me a massive banner, and I still have it. Uh, it's honestly, it's it must be about. Twenty foot long, um, and I still have it. I still have the banner, um, it, it was in that uh, that big. I've got two boxes of like memorabilia and whatnot, um, the shirts and that, and that was one of them. A couple of programs from the last game or whatever that I have uh, a program from the cup final, um, and uh, that's when you, that's when that's you go back and think it because so, I I don't know you don't see that like from two thousand and one you don't see footage that often. If you know what I mean, you don't see the footage of like now. Like I said, now there's everything is everywhere and it's repeated all the time. But things like that, like I remember it. So that was an inch core, um, and um, yeah, it was a a special night. Yeah, it was
1: amazing. Uh, Nolly asks: Is it true that you got stripped naked on that last game for hours, and your boxers ended up on eBay?
3: Not naked, but I was (laughs) going to the. I was down to the bare bones, but I wasn't naked. I kept me. I kept, I kept me. I don't. Even, do you know what? I think I was wearing sloggies back then. <laughs> the wife fronts. That's what we used to get. Phil, kitman Phil. He was one of the best guys ever. One of the best guys ever. Um, And I, I think Kitman are so important in, in dressing rooms. Um, and he was one of them. He was a big bloke, you know, big guy, and he was great. And obviously, Mark Kenny, who I've got so much time for as a player. He was class. He was class as a player, but he was class in the dressing room. He was always up to something. And like the crap we used to have with Phil was unbelievable. He was top drawer, and um, well, he used to give us the old slog he used to wear before for games. Like, um, but yeah. You
1: have a favorite Mark Kenny story then?
3: Yeah, <clears throat> one that I can tell you. Um. But he was just brilliant do you know what i mean he was just brilliant he was brilliant in the dressing room like in training he was the, he had the best techers i'd seen you now i mean that like in terms of like his passing ability and his range of passing his free kicks he's, um he, he was he was top notch honestly
1: so you won the player of the year award at the end of that season 2003 what do you remember from getting the award and the ceremony itself
3: not a lot to be fair, cause then we ended up having a few drinks. I think, um, and I wasn't one accustomed to drinking, you know, um, but uh, but no, again, they're special mates, aren't they? They're, they're good. I, I ended up having, I think, I done it, I done it, I, I didn't Did I go? was I even there? I'm not too sure I was even there. Um, but I ended up coming back because we had a, a reunion with the boys. I ended up going out for a few drinks and and chatting, but. I remember when we were at the at the end of maybe I was there. I think I was waiting to town that night. Greg Costello and I remember Greg Costello taking me out. Because like, I looked to be fair, I, I didn't. I looked like sixteen. I didn't look like I was old enough to go out. Um, I wasn't shaving like for another two or three years, so I didn't. <laughs> I was battling with people trying to get into places. <laughs> uh, the guys looked after me that way. To be fair, they were brilliant. You know what I mean? And they and they they kept me with them. They wouldn't leave me wander off or anything. Um, but yeah, it was um. Look, it's just the whole, the whole couple of years that I was there was it, you know it topped it off for me.
1: So you end up going to Dunfermline, but John Harper said he he loved seeing you giving Bobo Balde the runaround in a friendly against Celtic at Talca. So on that, note, he wants to know: was there genuine interest in you from Celtic before you actually did go to Scotland?
3: Yeah, I think after, that was, that was a mad game because um, I wasn't supposed to start. I wasn't. Spo- I, was probably, I was only supposed to be on the bench. I don't, again, I was coming back after being on loan the season before, and it was preseason. And I, and I featured a couple of times in preseason on that. Um, but Johnny Francis Francis got injured, and Boots was injured, and then Granty ended up being sick. or getting a knock on the Thursday. We we're playing him on the Friday. I think it was a Friday or a Saturday played him, but we played him, but the night before we he got injured. So I ended up playing like. And um there I was just I, I was kind of I was always game like. And I and I always had the I always had the impression or I always had the uh the self-belief that like no one knew me. No one knew of me, and no one would be wary of me. Like so if I could just run around and start like, jumping into tackles and, and and making it, I'd catch I'd shock people I'd catch them by surprise and a nick a goal that was my whole attitude towards the game like that I was an underdog no matter who I played against I was an underdog but I was gonna they didn't know of me they didn't know me that I was gonna make sure they knew me after the game kind of way Um, and I, I remember the game like cause again Kenya scored a great free kick we drew one all um, but I remember I remember hitting I remember hitting my shoulder and putting them into this into the into the wall at Talca, like, and I remember running off, like, knowing that, like, that, that was my moment, like, and I played well. That was that was early on in the game as well, quite early on, like, and I had a good game. That he, I just I just ran around and enjoyed myself. I, I, every game that I've played, I thought, I've nothing to lose, I've got this far, let's just keep going, I've got nothing to lose. Um, and I, and I knew after, like, that I had they, they had spoke to me well. I knew I never for once thought I was signing for Celtic, like. I just, I just, I, I heard and read the rumors, but I, I just thought it was, a, I thought it was rubbish to be honest. Do you know
1: what I mean? So, Don um Richie Byrne ended up finding out there as well, didn't he? But the uh, Young Player of the Year, two thousand three, two thousand four, you're well liked by by the fans, but did the the knee injury kind of hold you back? Hold you back a bit out there?
3: Yeah, yeah, it did. Really, well, it was a different game when I went up to Don It was a different level. You know, it was the SPL. It was um, they were bigger, stronger, and I hadn't grown yet, uh, more physical. The strikers we had: Doug and Craig Brewster, and Stevie Crawford. Stevie was a Scottish international; he was flying. Brew had played. You know, um, he was experienced. He was six foot two. He was. a hold-up player. He, he had goal. He he wasn't quick, but he had great feet. He, he was a, he had knew the game, um, and him him and Crow were a really good partnership. So I just learned off them, and within that, like I said, my knee was really bad. So I ended up having to get a scope and getting it getting it out. But with a couple of sports scientists, there an SNC called a young one called Tam who came back from the navy, and he was a to In terms of his shape, he was stocky. He was small. He was ripped. And he's on about your core, your, your glutes, your quads, you know, nothing nothing arm wise, nothing chest wise, just your core, your glutes, your quads, your back, your hamstrings, your calves. And he worked on me so much. It was probably sculpted and changed my career, like in terms of for the better. Um, but when my knee got when I when I came back after having the time off in terms of the, the opera and stuff, and for the six or eight weeks that I was out, I was bigger, stronger. Um and I kept that kind of with me, but it was um it took me a while to settle into it cuz it was quicker you know you t- talking about the full-time professionals for for a long period of time that were international as well now you know um that were playing uh and boys coming from academies like we had Gary Mason from Man City's academy you know we had Scott Thompson who played around and the down south Shrewsbury and that played um we had Scott Wilson who was at Rangers Barry Nicholson, who was at Rangers, coming through and played. So, that all this experience in the team was totally different, totally different. Um, so, to get to, 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 to learn me trade, I, was, I knew I was still learning it. Coming on impact in games, but not with quality as such. Wasn't getting as much chances. Um, it, the game was quicker. But as soon as I grew up and started to be myself again and, and feel comfortable in that surroundings, it was. It was. I. I. I was flying. You know, I was scoring and creating chances all the time. And then, and um, it became. It became. You could see the difference between it. You know, from when I came over first, to probably when I left, left on firm, I was a different player.
0: So you had
1: two seasons at Dundee United. Then they signed you for for fifty grand. You scored in your second game against Rangers, um, mm-hmm. but you you must have been agonising to come so close in, in the League Cup final, only losing on penalties.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was a tough one because um, either way, I had to drive. I, I was driving home after the game because my nan had passed away that week, um, or oh, who oh, I was close with, um, with my dad's mum, and um, th- again, flipping cup finals. Um, we lost, we lost that on penalties, and we should, we we should never have lost that. I scored, I scored the first goal in the game. We went, I think, we went two 0 up. Um and then we gave a slack back pass in the last two or three minutes of the game, and Chris Boyd was being lazy coming out. He thought the game was done. He was coming out slow, and we gave it straight to him, and he was never going to miss. He was he was a killer in the box, um. And we do end up going to penalties and losing on penalties. So, um, I, I, I had three. Times, to be fair, when I was in Scotland, but that was that was the closest we played. We played Celtic, and when I was injured for, um, got done in the game before. I I, I done my ankle on the Astro pitch the day before. Um, and I was out, so I was gutted for that one uh, with Dunfermline. firmly But then, obviously, done the United one. It was we we totally we dominated the game with the best chances. We should have won by more. Um, but it wasn't the be, and again, that's one where we left behind. So cup fans weren't great for me. <laughs> um, so in term in terms of that, um, I probably had to. Just take it on the chin, like and, and, and get on with it. But I had I had, had a, a really good season, um, and within that season, I um I finished top goals for Dundee United, and obviously then got a move out of it.
1: Yeah, your longest spell obviously was with Reading. That's that's what most people would probably associate with you. Plus that Irish contingent there over the years. You had your brother Stephen with you, uh. <laughs> The first season was, was the championship winning year 2012. Was that a standout? You got eight goals that year under uh Brian McDermott,
3: yeah. Um, I think I ended up with 12, I think I 12 goals in total, but I was the second top goal scorer, which tells the team, no, yeah, I was because Alfie finished with 13 and it tells me a real team performance that year. Um, I loved it there. I love, listen, I'm back there now, you know. Um, I love it, it's a club that I'm. I, I feel like that since I came to England, this is the one that our the UK probably the one that I've been closest in. You know, I love, I loved it, I loved everything about the place and um, the stadium, the fans, the team I was in with. Um, it was important that um we we, we went up we went up off the back of uh, getting beat the playoff from the year before. You know what I mean. Um what I did. Hang on for one sec, sorry, guys. I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got to go. I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move here. Is that all right? Yeah, go for it. Yep. Half the family have come in. Look,
1: <laughs> they're all out for a walk. It's getting noisy, all right.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I think after because we got beaten the playoff final the year before. Again, another cup final we got beaten. Um, it was important that we had, we we we'd done something the year after. If that makes sense. Uh, so in terms of the season, um, we lost, we lost Shane, and we lost Matt Mills. In terms of they moved on, and um, we replaced it with probably two or three other players. Um, but it, so the, the team became more of a team, if that makes sense. Um, and we had a, a really good team. Not, not many real good individuals. Having said that, like you know, our, our team was full of quality. We had Ian Hart left back, you know, um, Andy Griffin right back, Alex Pierce, um, centre half with Casper Scott. So you had obviously Hartley, who we all know, um, who was still top, top class. Andy Griffin with Premier League experience for years. Casper um, Scott was an international. And then we had Joby Mackenough again, another championship um, season long pro for years. Jimmy Kebe, who was a bit different to international. international, um, and we had myself, we, had, we we had a good variety of forwards. myself, Jason Roberts, Adam LaFondre and and um, Simon Church. So within that, like we had we had really good forward lines, good players in, in the in the top end of the pitch, and we were solid at the back. Um, and that season, we had on an unbelievable run. Um, I think we ended up winning 17 out of 18 games to win the league which was incredible like,
1: So then you come up to the Premier League uh, your first goal is against Newcastle you also had that lovely volley against Swansea you see that's that's pinned on your Twitter page um, do you have a favourite goal you've scored in your career? I suppose you could throw in Ireland as well Ireland and England
3: yeah. um, Do I have a, a favourite goal? I'd probably, I'd probably say my first Premier League goal was a special one um, so with, with that I think I think my first goal for the club as well now, you know my first goal at Majeski was in the League Cup um, and the memory is that Stephen crossed it and I scored um, and off that five minutes later I've crossed it Steven scored you know against Luton, so little things that I'm more about, probably, you know, who was there at the time, what it meant to me. Um, so that for me, that was special, you know. But, um, in terms, in terms of that, like, that was yeah, I, I definitely had, um, I, I definitely have some unbelievable memories. But the Premier League one, obviously, my first Premier League goal is a big goal because I, ne- I never thought I'd play in the Premier League. You, if you had said to me at 20. Two twenty three. That I was gonna play in the Premier League, I would have laughed at you, you know, and I would have just said, "Listen, go back to bed," um, because I would never have thought it would happen, like, you know. So when I see that now, I'm working with young lads day in day out, that have more ability in their little toes than I had, like, um, and it's just the attitude, it's just the 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 desire. If they have, if they if they get that desire that or that attitude that they can do it. You know, they've got a right chance. I
1: suppose, how do you look back on the, the later years of your career? I know you had two years at Leeds, uh, South End under Phil Brown, and uh, you nearly went to Chicago at one point, isn't that right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, Leeds, Leeds, I went with Brown. I started off really well pre-season, was good, enjoyed it. Um, but I got a bad injury the first in my first game for Leeds, and I brought my back. Um like a stress fracture, but I didn't know. I wanted to play, I didn't know I broke it, I didn't know I was up, I just thought I had a sore back, but I ended up coming to a point where I was just married, and I was freshly married, um, and I was in Leeds, and, I, and come probably three or four weeks into the season, uh, my wife Alana is like rolling me out of bed to get into training, I couldn't move, you know, and she's trying to help me out of bed, and I'm getting up, and once I got going, then it was okay, I'd go in, um, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want anyone to know that I, I had an injury, or not. I wanted to play a play. But to me, on downfall probably it was the worst thing I could have done because you know, I, I, I got a worse and worse deteriorate in terms of performance as well. Um, and then off the back of that, I had to come out of the team, which is rightly so. I, I, I was poor, but when I got scanned, then I would end up being out for six months, and I just pleaded with them not to say what it was because I knew, obviously. I wanted to play on for, for as long as I could um, but thankfully I fully healed Everything went okay I'm back, I was in a brace for a little while Um I got back on the pitch but then by that time there was so much things happening at the football club in terms of the owner coming in um, hiring and firing having an opinion not wanting me didn't want me to play or be involved at all um, which, is, which is fair enough it's his football club so um, with that I got to go on loan to Ipswich with, with, with obviously Mick McCarthy and TC my brother was there Daryl was there Daryl Murphy uh, Dids was there so McGoldrick was there and um, Didsy like and we had a really good team and I loved it I loved being there um, and we, we got to the playoffs that season um, but then again I got I got knocked out against uh, Fulham on Valentine's Day that year um, and when I woke up on the floor, um, I I ruptured my knee from the fall because I had no control. So within that, we like, got a few a few bad injuries at the wrong time, which in football can can kill you. Um, so in terms of that, then I had to drop down. Um, because I I get it, I, I was so frustrated back then, but I get it now. Being on this side of it, uh, being in coaching and managing for the last couple of years. Uh, four years that you see like that, it's, it's its run like a business. You know, in a certain degree, you're paying a player X amount of money, especially in today's day and age. Um, after coming out of a pandemic, how many games did you go for? You know, is he injury prone? How many you know games will we get out of him? What's his history been like? What's his, you know, how strong is he? What's his strength and conditioning like? These things come into factor really big time. Um, so, with that, then, but then I, you know, I ended up going to Portsmouth for Paul Cook and win the league there, which was great. Um, really good year. Um, again, coming back from injuries, I got in at the end and played and whatnot. Then went with, went with, with, with Paul Cook to Wigan, you know, in the season there where I was coming in, I was 35 36, more of a player when it was needed, but more to. Coach and help the players around the dressing room, help like you know, it looks like at Will Riggs, you know, um, Nick Powell, these kind of boys, Ivan Tony, who came to us, you know, who Western State, I stayed stay in contact with now and speak to because he's a great kid, um, and and just making sure that we were all ticking along and doing the right things and there for the right reasons. And again, we won the league, so um, really good memories, good times, you know.
1: I read a previous interview, did that, it was. DDA drug was fault that you didn't move to Chicago. How, how was that the case?
3: Yeah, mad one, yeah. Um so I think everyone was all sorted. Um and I was and I was on the way and uh, I just turned down another year with with Ipswich because I'd been off for two years at Chicago. I thought two years, you know, I can really get get hit in the ground running and whatnot, and I just thought it was more security for me and my family at the time. Um, and within that, I heard Drogba was going to the MLS. Um, but I, I heard from—I knew from an agent that he was only going to sign for Montreal because there, it's a—it's a French-speaking city, blah blah blah. Um, but when it comes up over there, there are certain rules that if you call or fax or first dibs on a player, um, you get the rights to them as such, which is really interesting. So within that, then Chicago obviously got wind. he's a big asset for them. They end up getting a couple a player off Montreal and this, that, and the other. So a kind of scarper might deal because then they get him on their MVPs. He took one of them spots, um, and you can only have three of them. They already had two, but then Droba gets to go to Montreal, and um, and then the that leaves me out in the cold. So I knew it. I knew as I was, as I was getting on the player front, this is I'm in trouble here. Um, but. That's football, you know, and it happens all the time. It was just one empty thing. As if I had been a day a day earlier, everything would have been fine, you know. But I didn't, and I ended up staying here, and then obviously going, going to Portsmouth, going to Wigan, and uh, um, and winning two leagues.
1: So kind of a sliding doors moment. But um, in terms of Ireland, uh, your first call up was 2008 against Poland came on off the bench for your debut what did it mean to you to make your senior debut and put on the, the green shirt?
3: I, look at, I think in terms of um, moments in, in, in your life it's up there with the best um, so I came on obviously with Stephen both of us came on together um, and uh, it, I, I was so, so surreal because obviously everyone was there My f- our families were there my wife was there um, although she was sitting next to Shane from Westload, so she wasn't bothered about me on <laughs> coming on the pitch. But uh it, it was just it was it was incredible. Um and they're the moments that you cherish, you know what I mean? Um and for for the happen the way it did and for, 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 for Trap to put us on the way he did like I almost feel really, like he knew what he was doing. Um and, and I'll be ever grateful for
1: um, your second cap um, against Italy in Barry, two thousand nine. I've seen you talk about this before. Um, so that prompts the question from Phelan. Uh That's disputed goal—is it yours or Robbie Keane's? What was the conversation after and since, and the the fallout, I suppose. Um, the
3: conversation after was it, it was more like the boys were saying it was more the boys were saying like listen. Great goal, and in, in the dress in the dressing room in the showers and that like, um. And obviously the conversation is a conversation that happened in the showers. But then, um, I was as shocked as anyone to go out and learn that I hadn't scored, or I was, I was told that I hadn't scored it Robbie had been out celebrated. Like, which is, isn't it? It listen it, it is. I know myself. That's why I sleep at night. I know myself that you know I scored. Um. It makes me small, I don't care where I, I don't you know, outside my circle, I don't really care what other people think or um say it doesn't affect me, if that makes sense. Um but uh there's no real fo- there was no fallout um because that's football, I don't take it personal. Um, you know, things happen on the pitch. I you know I went around kicking my friends for years on the football pitch um because I wanna win. Um and once you cross that white line, nothing's ever personal. Um, so I get there's like it's bittersweet for me. Like in terms of uh, people can't say, "Yeah, oh, you know, you, you scored this. That, yes, great." But um, obviously the record books don't say that. So um, I just got to take it that I know myself. If that makes sense. Um, and there was no fallout. There's never ne- no fallout really. I don't. I, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't a friends in terms of I was on the same team as Robbie but we were in different circles in terms of that because um I, I was just coming into a squad. Um and obviously Robbie was there for years and years. Um, so but I was I think it was like a little under two years, two and a bit years that I was involved. Um uh, so for me I just it, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me anymore. It used to bother me. It used to annoy me. You know, I used to get angry, and um, I was I was upset. I was upset at the time that I had got a couple of phone calls from certain people in the FAI and, and certain members of staff, um, telling me look, look just let, let it go, and you know it's not a it's not a fight you want to be taking. And um, I can we can understand. I had some guy come on tell me that he could understand my frustration. Um, but yeah he'd never kicked the ball before in his life you know I think we was one of the media guys or whatever but um, there's certain things you don't say like you know because it triggered me I ended up telling him to, where to go and I hung up the phone like um, but to be fair I'd probably say it to me on downfall and that, that ended up keeping me over the, out of following the squads if that made sense um, which I get now as well looking from the other side of it like it was probably the easy thing to do. um. But I don't blame anyone. I don't, I don't, I just see it as a lesson learned from my side of it, if that makes sense. Um, And it, again, like obviously, I still love and support Ireland. I still love and support the boys that are there playing. A lot of, some of them are still playing. And a few of them you've come up against over the last few years and whatnot, like, you know, even at, even at our place. Now, Jeff's here. Um, Shane's obviously here. Shane, I mean, I've been friends with Shane since I moved to Red and he's one of the, probably the, the most honest, kindest, most genuine guys you could ever meet, Um, regardless of playing football or not, you know, he's just a lovely, lovely man. So through that in Ireland, I end up having amazing friends, you know, amazing friends, amazing, uh, meeting amazing people. Um, So I'm grateful for all the experiences, to be fair.
1: Uh, something I forgot to ask earlier In 2011 While you were a Reading player You actually came over For the Robbers game At uh White Hart Lane In the Europa League <laughs> stage match uh, Any memories from that day?
3: Yeah it was great There was a few of us came, Even a few of the players Came with us How um, great game it was cause we took the lead In that game didn't we?
1: Yeah Stephen Rice after an hour Won it up
3: <laughs> Yeah so the place was bouncing. I was um, it was incredible that the away support was incredible. But I've never been to White Hart Lane. It's one of my favourite grounds. Obviously, after that, I ended up playing there, um, a couple of times, but never. Um, I've always wanted to go there because I just love I used to love the It's weird, but you get favourite grounds, and that was one of them for me because it was so symmetrical. It was a beautiful stadium, like the whole way around, um, and uh I always watch that I thought I wanna, I wanna I wanna I wanna get there. So when Rovers obviously when they drew at rovers and in, in in the when they, kept, when they got pulled out, I was like, oh we're going to that lads. So we ended up going had really a great day. and up meeting but I think I'm pretty sure I ended up meeting with Willie Conan at the time. You know, I mean over Willie and, and having a and having a crack like in that. But me me and Richie went because I'm still close with Richie now, like um Richie Byrne, he, he lives in the road for me. Um I speak to him most days. You Know, um, along with probably Gary Dempsey as well, and a couple of mates from Scotland, um, we are still in close contact, and obviously, we friends from back in Waterford, but uh, but yeah, um, it was a great game. Uh, well, flat when we scored, it was great, and then the final score didn't end up so great, did it? But um, it didn't matter, it didn't matter. I don't think it matters to the fact, you know I mean? It didn't matter to the fans as a result, but the fact that we went there and took the lead was incredible.
1: And uh, finally, you had a spell as assistant manager. Then Kate, caretaker boss of Swindon. uh later Doncaster. Now you're a senior professional development coach at Reading. So, um, suppose how are you enjoying that role?
3: I'm loving it. To be fair, listen, I've been so lucky that I came out of football into football. Um, I obviously left Waterford, came back to Waterford, um, to help out with it when 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 Alan Reynolds uh, had a bit of a misfortune. Um. Insolence you could say the least. Um but for me um it was a huge experience that I was grateful for, you know, to go back and to take the just to, to help out and take the team with Warford. We had a great team there. Um first year back in the Premier League and to finish what we thought was in Europe for the first time in forty odd years was incredible. Like it gave me a thirst for the other side it was and then with that got getting back to going in a as number two richie um it was, uh, yeah. It was, uh, it was, it, it was all learning for me. It's all learning, you know. So to get back into after of Doncaster, to get back to and to back to Reading, um, and be a part of developing the young pros coming through. Um, I feel at home there at the moment. You know, I'm learning my trade. I, I like, I like, um, the job and whatnot. I like, I love the young players coming through, watching, them develop, getting them. Yeah, well- up to speed in terms of what it takes and requires to be in a first team environment, um, and then we'll just see where it goes from there.
1: i uh, leave the last question to my co host Gary. This relates to uh, the pub that you own in Ennis called the Duggo. Uh, yeah. we always have our own beer now, it's called Green Ribbon. So, <laughs> Gary, Gary wants to know, are you interested in getting some Green Ribbon in on top?
3: You know what? We, we got rid of that a few years ago, um, but. I have to try it <laughs> I have to try it oh but um sorry man. I'm sorry mate.
1: I it's, it's, it's my house is no, That that's grand now that That was the last question so um absolute pleasure me and you know thanks are so oh, you too
3: carl man need anything let me know
1: yeah say on man
3: yeah it's thanks see you a bit
0: see ya cheers bud good luck so busy busy household with mm-hmm. Noel and some brilliant memories um I was disappointed he didn't recognise the chocolate bar. Um, that's something you remember, wouldn't it? <coughs> you could see he was kinda of being polite about it.
1: Yeah, he couldn't quite um play so Bar was or Did he remember it at all? I'm trying to I record this about six weeks ago now. But um could he remember it at all? I don't think so. I don't no. I don't think he did. He he kinda of goes I think I think you could tell
0: he was just kinda of being nice, you know.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, I do remember that, yeah, he couldn't really remember. Um, Yeah, the kid was running it muck at times in that interview and he had to to switch rooms at one stage. I mean, he should be remembering them goals. There's probably (coughs) a bounty on it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Can we get Connor's corner back on? (laughs) Um, I found the Robbie Keane goal thing, I found that fascinating. Oh,
0: brilliant. Brilliant. Someone who rang him, who didn't know, and never played Mm. a minute on a football pitch. I'm going to delve into that now and go back and watch that goal. I did, actually. I watched
1: it back before the interview because I wanted to... um, Wants to get a feel for it, and it's nearly impossible to tell who hit that ball. Oh,
0: my God. You
1: just see the two legs
0: coming together. Do you know what annoyed me most, the whole thing? Let it go. Let it go. Someone was saying that to him. Let it go. It's Robbie, you know. Let it go. Give it to Robbie. off, would you? If
1: you Google it, there's actually... he goes into detail, and I think it was either Bozzeri or Sparsity, one of those maybe. But... um and you could tell actually when he was answering me he kind of it sounded like he intended not to say much but then he just kind of he let it go he fucking let Rip he, then You could tell he's not want
0: yeah. to hold his tongue as well so brilliant stuff from Noel and I loved <coughs> his Hair Lane stories as well so he was in Hair Lane yeah, yeah. which is pretty cool
1: uh, yeah shout out to Willie Conlon actually who um, set up that interview he's, he's pals with him Robert's fan and uh, just as I asked the green ribbon question uh you might it may have sounded like he was kinda just saying affect off stupid question and moving on, but no that actually wasn't the case. What happened was and I said this on a show recently, he looked out his back window. Yeah, you know, he was in the kitchen, he looked out the back door, and his furniture was literally blown away as I asked him the question and then he
0: picked up the laptop and he's like,
1: Look at this <laughs> It's all blown away. Oh, furniture.
0: <laughs> Seems like a very, very cool yeah. bloke. We go crack yeah. out having a point. loves Mark Kenny. He loves does. Mark yeah. Kenny.
1: No, great stuff from Noel. I really enjoyed that one.
0: So that's just a little prezies. We move on. to players who are in pre-season training. Roadstone prof. They are flat out. And um No no they're not getting the bollocks run off them yet, I'm told. So I'm told. Mm. You wouldn't know, but, I was um, talking to them. Um, is Glenn Cronin's hill runs <laughs> in place yet. The <laughs> dreaded hill runs in oh C West.
1: Talking to Sean Gannon <clears throat> in the Irish Town House for the Christmas party. Friends. And, Friends. and um you said they don't
0: even touch a ball for weeks. When when they come in. That's that's horrible stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna say January. I'm gonna say January's when they don't touch a ball. That's Hill Run Central. That's yeah. getting you fit. That's getting your cardio up.
1: No, thank you. Here you
0: go. Yeah, so Club Shop will be open. Friday, twelve to seven, and Saturday, eleven to two, before Xmas Day. So get in and get your new training range, which I like. I love it. It has a bit of blue on it, and it's grey and black. I think it's very, very cool. And the stairs. Of people, uh, we won't talk about the stairs, Prof. Right. But we'll just we'll touch on that, right? We'll touch on the whole lack of jersey and stuff like that. Now remember, this there should be no anger aimed at anyone over this. It's no, well, no one's that's, fault. That's silly. An individual. Who was involved with Umbro. That's how it is. To be posting online and
1: giving out by the club, that's silly. Like, it, it's the, totally... You can, be, you can be disappointed.
0: Totally out of Rovers' hands. There's mm. nothing Rovers can do. Just remember that. Let's hammer home that point. Nothing they could do. All this gear was ordered in July. Right? You can't bank or presume you're going to win the league and, and get jerseys and all your training mm. gear for the fans pre-order with stars on it. That's madness. It's a stupid thing to do. Plus you couldn't foresee what was going to happen with umber oil and jack's distribution so it's definitely mm. not our fault and you'll get your jerseys lads you get your gear you get your our uh what's the stuff mm. there what's the <laughs> sustainable products now wood sustainable wood products. <laughs> yeah. so you get you get whatever you need they have stairs yeah. on them but um listen it's it's over <coughs> just you need to remember that it's not anyone's fault whatsoever bar a yeah. couple of individuals um, yeah, and a positive note the season tickets for posted Monday so <gasps> you'll be getting your season tickets dropped down, down the, the chimney
1: made, if you made that cut off point that crucial cut off point then you should be getting them uh, in your stocking by Christmas day
0: and um, then we had more uh, news there with Umbro yeah so we're staying with them and the close partnership by AA Sport has ended but Umbro International as so I'm told and uh, it's listen I, I think the kits and the the training gear has been lovely lady so I think it's good to have a long standing relationship there as well Adidas would have been nicer let's be honest <laughs> but that's just my opinion to go with
1: your 80 pairs of uh, Adidas <laughs> shoes <laughs> but it's um, um, yeah so we're, we're more, sticking around more importantly our our partnership with Adidas Sport has concluded which also means that Glenmalore Flyer will now join myths and legends such as Bigfoot the Yeti and the Unicorn because no one ever saw it.
0: It didn't exist. I don't think it was real. I don't think it ever... And that that was like a cardboard cutout with that horse that they had that day. <laughs> like, the whack is just like, smile, fucking smile.
1: What a bizarre chapter in our
0: history that would be when the books are written. <laughs> do, you know, do you know, actually, I saw it the other day um, and I know it was mentioned before but I think it's a good idea if we can get around the council and get something done. I know it's going back... Long time and people actually paid for their bricks. I think we should get a wall with like this type of brick. There, I think it'd be a lovely, lovely gesture. And I guarantee you, they're gonna have at least five hundred <laughs> bricks within a couple of weeks. Do you know what I mean? There's gonna be a lot. Oh, I'm gonna get one. You're talking about, one? about in the north stand Yeah, like yeah. to have something to me- commemorate people yeah. and and you know something and even a lot. Oh, we get a lot of involved. There's you know, it's there's always these little things we could do. Without it's still a running joke, isn't it? The brick It is the a world. running joke, but it's a great well, idea. You know, I'm with And you one. could unveil it. North Stand, here's our first brick in the wall, Tifties Podcast. <laughs> oh, now I see your, <laughs> your goal here. Um, yeah, so no away jersey until January either, and it was announced, I'm looking forward to this. I'm thinking it might be like the, the training gear that came out, could have been a bit of blue in it. A bit of black and blue. Mm-hmm. So, it's something totally different, Prof. Uh, yeah, so we couldn't quite get that done in time for,
1: for Crimbo, but uh, New Year's, we'll have our away jersey. That's it. We're looking and forward to it. It's shocking though, isn't it? No two stars, no way, Jersey. Spending all the budget on the women. Time to hand in the membership. This actually
0: sounds like a conversation you'd hear in the pub somewhere. Club's finished. Club's finished. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's been a it's been a, a great year. Prof following the hoops. Um, thanks to everybody who listened. Your Spotify wrap-ups was really really. Um Complimentary, and unless we return to fourth, all the yeah, you can get, get a, in the get out of the club, wake me. but yeah, now really, really happy with this year as a collective, as a duo, as individuals. I think we've achieved a lot, and it's been brilliant. well want to thank everybody for listening, and um, we'll hopefully see us in the new year. See us in Sligo, and keep on hooping. See you.
2: Christmas day When all the kids Were playing with their Toys We noticed in A corner stood A sad and lonely Boy When we went up To ask him why A tear was in his Eye He looked at us And sniffled And this was his reply i was good as solid gold and did the things that i was told for days nobody had to scold but i got a cold for christmas johnny got a brand new sled with shiny runners painted red He's outside, but I'm in bed. I got a cold for Christmas. All the other girls and boys ran downstairs to get their toys. But all he did was sneeze and sniff and use my Christmas handkerchief. It can't be right, it isn't fair. I brushed my teeth and combed my hair, but didn't get me anywhere. I got a cold foot.